Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube network with other content creators and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, there's a form down in this description right now where you can go ahead and put your questions. We'll get an answer on the show today and it doesn't cost you anything. It's free to participate. So I encourage you to go down there and get your question in there. No matter how ridiculous your question might seem, go ahead and get it in there so we can get an answer on the show today because your questions will also help other content creators as well. And look, if you're watching this on the replay, I do wanna let you know that we have timestamps or chapters added to this live stream. So what you can do is at the very bottom of this live stream, you can see where each question is separated and each part of the stream is separated. So you can go down there and you can pick the questions that make the most sense to you. And then of course, it'll just jump straight to that part and you can listen to that information there. And with that out of the way, I do also want to let everybody know that today's stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize for your, your videos for discovery. It'll help you test your thumbnails to make sure that the content that you're publishing or the thumbnails that you're making and publishing with your videos are effective for the people and the traffic sources that you are trying to reach with your videos. And they even have TubeBuddy, even has the A-B testing tool now completely embedded into the browser extension as well. But they have over 90 different tools that will help you through your YouTube channel. You can try TubeBuddy for yourself at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin. Of course, I got a link to that down in the description and Chantel has already dropped the link here in the stream chat as well. Um, this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that I use to live stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that I use it is because it's easy. They do all the heavy lifting for me in the cloud, which means that I don't even have to have a strong computer to use it. Now, I'll be honest, I have a strong computer now, but I used to just use like a backup computer in order to stream here, and it still held the stream together fine. Everything was fantastic, looked great, high quality and all of that because StreamYard was doing all the heavy lifting for me and I didn't require any additional processing from my computer. So, in addition to that, they make it easy to bring on um, graphics, they make it easy to bring on guests and a bunch of other things to make your live streams easy. So you can try StreamYard for free at StreamYard.com or Chantel posted a link to that as well. Or of course, you can always find that down in the description if you happen to be watching this on the replay. So with that out of the way, I hope everybody had a fantastic week so far. I hope that you are excited to you know learn some YouTube related information today. Um, for those of you, What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech. Viper in the house, it's up to you. Hope that you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in the stream today. But uh, for those of you that are, uh, you know, hanging out here today, I do wanna let you know, um, this stream is designed to help demystify YouTube for you. So if you have questions, make sure that you do get them in the form that's down in the description of this stream right now. And as part of that, you know, feel free. Everybody here is a content creator. So we do not support any type of sub for sub or anything like that, but we do, you know, enjoy, you know, getting to know other content creators. So you. And if you find somebody that is making similar content to you that you would like to collaborate with or something like that, you know, feel free to get to know each other um, in the chat as well. It's the whole vibe of this whole thing. So I do want to let you know as well, for those of you that typically come in and hang out, you know, for the majority of the stream or the whole stream, I have a special guest coming on tonight. Um, Sean Cannell from Think Media TV is going to be coming on here um, to, you know, also answer your YouTube questions as well. So that should be an exciting conversation also here um, a little bit later in the stream. So, uh, so it's going to be an exciting one today. So I'm pumped up for it. 
Hope everybody is doing fantastic. Jerry Papandria, hope you're doing great. KMH family, what's up? Nice to see you here. Dr. Nas, nice to see you. Scrap and Pallet Man, welcome to the stream. Doug Houston, YT in the house. What's going on? Chantel Hills, nice to see you here as well. How big is the map? Nice to see you here in the stream today also. So let's go ahead and get into it. And it looks like um, TubeSpanner starting us off right here on the uh, Super Chat. Says, um, what videos do pirates watch on YouTube? ASMR content. Yeah, good one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a YouTube one. That one qualifies. So you get all points for uh, all the points for that one. <laughs> it looks like there's two of those that came in, but it's the same thing. So it looks like an error on YouTube side. Hey, maybe that's something I get to report in the news uh, this coming week. <laughs> so really quick, um, I do see some people asking what a handle is. So I have a little poll up at the top of the chat and um, that poll says, do you currently have your YouTube handle or do you have your YouTube handle yet? We got 33% people saying that they have the handle that they got it. 51% um, say that they're waiting for theirs. So for those of you that are waiting for your handle, I do want to let you know that they are still rolling it out. I think we've still got like a week, week and a half, maybe. Yeah, I think it's about a, a week and a half, maybe 10 days left um, of the rollout of this. So uh, because of that, you should have it hopefully by the time we stream next week. So hopefully that'll completely change by the time we come in next week. And for those of you, the 16% that doesn't know what a handle is yet, uh, what a handle is, is it is your own identity on YouTube. So anybody be able to tag you anywhere on YouTube, um, you'll be able to make it to where if somebody goes to youtube.com slash your handle, which is an at sign with your channel name after it, um, that it'll go directly to you. So it kind of gives you ownership, so to speak, of your name on YouTube. So this is definitely something you want to be checking your emails for so that you can make sure that the handle that you do get, because they default based on your you know channel URL. So you want to make sure that the handle that you get is the handle that you want. And if not, you can change it. So, um, so you definitely want to make sure that you are you know paying attention to those emails as they are um, as they are coming in. Tommy T's Extreme Roller Coaster says, so I wanna start doing live broadcast. StreamYard is all I need to get started. Um, can you do a quick walkthrough or send a link on how to do it? So when it comes to um, StreamYard, it's so intuitive that once you log in, that like, you know, like everything is there. So, you know, as soon as you log in, as long as your webcam is connected and as long as you have something that's connected to the audio or if you're doing it on your phone, you just have to enter the broadcast studio. So you gotta put your name in there and then you enter the broadcast studio and then you add yourself to the stream. You just click, you know, on your on your image there and it'll pop up in the main stream. And then right up at the very top right, you just click go live. Like it's that simple after you connect your account, right? So um, so the entire process is really easy and really um, in, intuitive. But but um, Doug Houston just dropped a tutorial here um, showing you know how to use it. So hopefully that will give you some um, insights there as well. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into the content really quick. If you um, are just joining the stream, we are talking about YouTube. So if you have a question about YouTube, I got a form down in the description where you can put your question in there and we will get it answered on the stream here for you today um, for free. So the first question that we have here on our list is how we got here genealogy. Um, he says that they upload, or they've been on YouTube for one year or more. It's an educational channel. The goal of the channel is sharing people's family story and helping people to build their own family histories. The question is, I just launched a third, but really second channel. It is dedicated just to history content. How much should I cross promote my channel? Also in my end screen, I used a link to a video from my main channel was that a smart thing to do? So what you wanna think about when you are publishing your, um, uh, like that second channel, 
is you want YouTube to quickly understand who the right people are for that channel in terms of the people that are going to respond positively to it and the people that are not so that it can more quickly start showing your content to the right people. So the problem happens when you have two different types of YouTube channels, even if they're close, right, to where it might seem like it would be the same audience. When you have two different YouTube channels like that, the people that are interested in genealogy might not necessarily be as interested in just like general history. They might be watching your genealogy videos so that they can figure out their family trees and things like that, but they might not necessarily care as much about other historical events or anything like that. So when you start cross-pollinating, so to speak, then what you do in that case is you'll have people that will go over there and they'll support you just because you're linking to it, just because they know it's yours and all of that, the people that really like your content. And when they do that, it's sending YouTube the wrong information in terms of, hey, these people that are watching this channel are also watching this channel. And, you know, they're also enjoying the content or they're at least subscribing to it and things like that. And that can, you know, just kind of muddy things up a little bit for a while in terms of, you know, who the right audience is for your content. So it's not that you made a huge mistake or anything like that. But the idea is that you want to try to keep that audience as pure as you can, especially when you're first getting started. So what I recommend to you, if you are going to, you know, try to build that bridge from your current channel to, you know, take advantage of the traffic that you currently have and send them over to the other channel. In that case, what I recommend that you do is you make a piece of historical content on that channel so that you can only have the people clicking on that that are interested in history. So instead of making it about genealogy, make it, you know, something to where maybe it's a little bit of a cross between, you know, genealogy and history in general, if you could do that, um, or just make it, you know, about something in history to where the only people that would be clicking on that from your audience and coming in and watching it, even though it may or may not perform as well for those people, they'll be the right fit for that other content because those are at least the people that are into history. Um, so then that way you're at least sending the right people over there. So hopefully that uh, answered your uh, question. So Q8, like your channel name, it's uh, it's pretty cool, easy to remember too. Says, hey Nick, I missed the last few live streams, but I made it live today and I just wanted to say thank you for sending me the YouTube formula book. It's amazing, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm glad that you uh, won that here during the live stream. And uh, you know, definitely Daryl is the one that, you know, actually, you know, sent that over to you. Um, that was his thing. And this is the book that he's, um, that he's talking about right here, the YouTube formula book. So congratulations to you um, for, you know, for winning that in the first place. And I'm glad that you are uh, glad that you're enjoying it. Um, Pam Paul Matter super says, chat. thank you for sharing all this information to help us improve our channels. I watch all your videos. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. And I'm glad that you are um, glad that you are enjoying the content. So, um, so let's see here. So we're going to hop into the next question and just a heads up. We're only, we've only got a handful of questions in here right now. So if you want a, if you, if you're in the chat right now, asking questions um, right now is a great time to open the description that is below the stream right now, open the description up. And if you scroll down, you're going to see a link, um, a little thing that says like, you know, put your question here or something like that. Put your question in there. And if you could, if you can get that in there now, then it will get answered. Um, it will get answered on the, um, on the stream today. So uh, the, the next question that we have on our list is from St. John Butler. And St. John Butler does NFL history and opinions content. The goal of the channel is to educate younger fans and build a legacy. And the question is, while I don't have the community tab yet, I'm starting to think about ways to use it. Um, do channels typically see an uptick in engagement slash subs once they start using the community tab? Or is it more to strengthen the bond between you and your existing community? This is a great question. So when it comes to the um, community tab, 
Um, it is a fantastic way to um, to like nurture your community. And I'm actually gonna drop a link here for you. Um, let's see here, community tab user guide. Um, this is over on the tube spanner channel, but I just dropped a link here in the chat where you can go see like, you know, just some ways to think about, you know, how you're using the, the community tab and all that. So go ahead and just open that up in a new window or whatever and bookmark it so you can go watch it later. But, um, but when it comes to the community tab, the idea is it gives you just one more touch point with the people that are interacting with your content in some way. And, you know, in some cases, people that aren't interacting with your content as well. So when you are thinking of it from the perspective of, you know, does it strengthen the bond? Yes, it can through things like, you know, sharing image posts of things that you're working on behind the scenes, giving them kind of like an insider look like, hey, you're in the community. This is stuff that you don't normally get to see in my videos. And I'm going to show it to you through image posts or maybe even um, unlisted videos that you share in your community tab, that kind of stuff. Um, but you can also use it in other ways to be a little bit more strategic about it as well. So there's a bunch of different uses for it. So the way that you use it in terms of being strategic, especially this is great information for all of you, you know, that are just getting the community tab. But the way that you use it strategically is is using it to better understand your audience, right? And when it comes to using it to better understand your audience, it will come down to the questions that you ask them to better understand the type of viewers that you have, the things that they are interested in, the things that they're not interested in, the things that around your content, like in your case, you, your channel, your entire channel's NFL history and opinions. So because of that, you can start asking them questions about all the different teams they watch and things like that. And over time, you'll start to figure out, hey, most of my audience or a large percentage of my audience is watching you know, primarily these particular teams which means that I should probably make sure that I'm making more of that content so that I can make sure that I'm serving that particular audience, right? Um, and you can also, you know, ask them questions about particular players and about the particular types of information they would like to know about the NFL and, um, you know, the particular thoughts and ideas that they would want to know from you and things like that so that you can better understand them and what it is that they want from you. Um, in addition to that, you can also use it as a means to bring people back into your YouTube channel for, um, you know, another opportunity for them to watch more of your content. And the way that you do that, Roger Wakefield in the house, what's up man? Hope you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Brad, Magic Flying Potato, what's up dude? Hope that you're doing awesome. Jack or Crackers, what's up? Nice to see you in here. But basically when, um, when you are um, taking the approach of, you know, trying to pull people back into the channel, the idea there is to where you take older videos on your YouTube channel and you share them in your community tab for new people that have interacted with your content or just some of your viewers that haven't interacted with that content in the past. So the idea is to use it to bring some of that back content forward to give it a little bit of, you know, fresh life. But also, you know, everybody that subscribes to your channel, watches your videos, doesn't necessarily watch every video on your channel so because of that it's just one more place where you can be like hey i've got a video here that you know that you might want to check out um and then of course you can level that up by driving people into playlists instead of just single videos and so on but the idea is that you can use it to start that session on your actual channel itself right um so that you know you're pulling somebody in and reminding them that you're even there in the first place and getting them to you know watch more um watch more of your content and then of course um, um, you know, once you get channel memberships enabled, another thing that you can use the, um, Hey Chris, what's going on, man? Um, another thing that you can do as well is you can also, um, use the community post. Once you get your memberships enabled, once you cross that milestone, you can use your community posts to also make members only posts as well, um, to drop links to things that are specific to only members. And it locks everything down so that only members see those specific posts. So you can also add additional value, you know, through those types of things as well. 
Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, hopefully that um, answered your, uh, hopefully that answered your question there. So next up we got Pomos, Dean Nimmin in the house. What's up, man? Nice to uh, see you in here. It's awesome uh, hanging out with you today. So um, uh, let's see here. So the next up on the list, we got Pomos. Pomos does bi-weekly content. Um, they have a Minecraft channel. Um, the goal of the channel is to grow an audience that likes what I do and eventually make it my job. And the question is, do you see anything clear that I can improve in my long form and short form videos for improved retention? So I don't look at channels. I'm going to start, but right now I'm not looking at channels um, right now during the stream. Um, we're gonna start actually segmenting um, and uh, we're gonna start you know, having just like periods of time. Where we're gonna pop up channels and things like that, but we're not doing that yet today in this stream, but that's something that we're going to be messing with the format of, um, of what is going on here <laughs> every Saturday. So we can make it, you know, informative plus a little bit more fun. Plus, you know, add some, you know, direct value, um, to some creators by, you know, looking at their channels and stuff like that. Um, but let's see here. So next up we've got AJ Nguyen. I hope I'm saying that correctly. AJ says that they have a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is entertainment. And the question is, if you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Yeah, it could be a variety show, Roger. Yeah, I'll be like, you know, and now passing to Roger Wakefield, right? On the job. <laughs> and you're like, right? <laughs> hey, guys. So here's what we're doing today. <laughs> um, but the um, goal of this channel is entertainment. And the question is, hey, Nick, I know YouTube has measures to protect the platform against spam, fake engagement, et cetera. But what if a malicious third party tries to attack a channel by sending in fake views, fake comments, fake likes, et cetera, and hope that YouTube will punish the content creator? How do we deal with this? Um, you can't. So you can't control what other people do. You can't control if somebody, you know, wants to spend their money to try to negatively impact your channel. You just have to keep, you know, going. So YouTube will detect all that. They'll detect the bots, all that stuff. It, depending on how out of hand it gets, um, you know, it might work against you in some capacity for a limited period of time. Um, but somebody's not going to just continually blow money in your channel in order to, you know, drive it down in the wrong direction. So, um, so because of that, don't even, don't even worry about it. It's, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a big deal. Um, the channel name that for the next question here is from retro DJ SA. They upload every other day. The type of channel is music mixes or remixes. I'm sorry. And mashups. The goal of the channel is to entertain and market my brand. And the question is with tags, is it imperative to place a hashtag before the actual tag? Um, for example, hashtag shorts or shorts. Thanks. So when it comes to tags, tags and hashtags are two totally different things. So hashtags by themselves are, um, are, you know, one thing to where they actually have their own search results page, um, or their own results page, I should say, cause it's not search necessarily. And with those, if you click on a hashtag, it goes to a page of videos about that hashtag. And you can use that as a way to, you know, bring new viewers into your content that might've come over from other, you know, videos of people clicking into that particular hashtag. So because of that, you can use those as a way to, you know, bring some additional attention slowly to, you know, your videos. So it's like a little trickle that you do there. Um, but when it comes to tags themselves, those go into a completely separate box. And that separate box is, you know, part of your upload process. And according to YouTube, the tags don't really make that big, that big of a difference anymore. However, they do recommend that you do add misspellings and, you know, things like that around your channel name to help people, you know, find it. Um, what I say is that, you know, that box is still there. So just go ahead and, you know, use it and just use, you know, like TubeBuddy, for example, and just go ahead and, you know, just click whichever tags are relevant and get them in there and then just leave it alone. Don't spend tons of time trying to figure out, you know, the tags that you're going to put in that particular box um, because it's not going to, you know, make, you know, a, a, you know, a, an impactful difference, so to speak. 
Next up, we got Just Pops. Cruising through these today. This is great. We got Just Pops. Just Pops says they've been on YouTube for less than one month. They have a multi-topic channel. The goal of the channel is to create a nice community. And the question is, are YouTube Shorts a good way to get views and subscribers? Also, is there a technical process on YouTube Shorts to get views? The technical process on YouTube Shorts to take view or to get views is actually in the video creation process. So it's not something that you do while you're uploading the short. It's more about how you make your video, how you grab somebody's attention when the video first starts and how good you deliver content and create a good experience for the people that are interacting with your short. That's the thing that makes your shorts get views. There isn't any type of, you know, like a secret thing that you can do to your shorts that will, you know, in terms of like the, the perfect title or the perfect thing that you put in the description or anything like that, that's going to make them all of a sudden get views. Everything is based on the video itself and how people are interacting with the video. Of course, the title can, you know, can make an impact as well because people can look down at the title, but the core thing, the thing that's going to make the biggest difference for you when it comes to YouTube shorts is of course the actual short itself, the actual video content. Now, in terms of the first part of your question, are YouTube shorts a good way to get views and subscribers? Absolutely. So when it comes to YouTube shorts, they typically get shown to a lot more people. Those people typically are already outside of your audience, even though they're building bridges to kind of connect, you know, long form and short form um, audiences it's still pushing you into more new viewership. So it's a fantastic way to, you know, grow your channel and get views. But the thing you want to think about is you want to put a plan together of some sorts of, you know, what it is that you're actually trying to accomplish. And you want to think about YouTube shorts and the, and the role that they play in the content that you're publishing. Because some people there's like, Hey, I just want a bunch of views. So I'm going to use YouTube shorts in order to do that. And it can get you views, right? It can accomplish that job, but they may or may not be the right views for whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. If the only thing you're doing is like, hey, I just want to try to get my view counts up, then in that case, it's a great thing to do. But if you're like, hey, I'm trying to get these um, view counts up so that I can, you know, drive awareness to, you know, these particular things in the future or, you know, whatever, then that may or may not be the best way to do it right now. But it's great for getting in front of new people currently and, you know, of course, generating, you know, subscribers and things like that. Some people will blow their channel completely up um, just using YouTube shorts by themselves to where they won't even publish long form content, live streams, anything like that. Um, they just use YouTube shorts and they do, they do fantastic. In fact, Tinkerman Mick, who pops in here um, quite a bit, I think he's approaching like 300,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. And um, almost all of that came from YouTube shorts. Um, but there's other creators that have had that have gotten like millions of subscribers just using shorts. So in terms of shorts growing a YouTube channel, absolutely they can. And a win with that, just to go ahead and just throw this in the room as well or into the conversation. Another win with YouTube Shorts is that um, you don't have like it, it. It takes away some of the skill sets that you need to learn to help you get started and keep you encouraged as a content creator. So, for example, if you publish a short. All somebody has to do is just swipe up and then, you know, it's there and they just have to interact with it for a short period of time and it'll count as a view. Whereas if you're uploading long form content, you have to make the videos good, but then you also have to make the thumbnail something that's effective or compelling for your audience. And you also have to make a really good title for it as well. And that's a whole other skill set, you know, within itself. And we got AJ Nguyen, I hope I'm saying that right here, saying um, they got a million views from a YouTube short, um, from a YouTube short recently. So another, you know, report um, coming in from that. 
So um, next up on the list here, we got Cami is the um, is the channel. They have a dance channel. The goal of the channel is I want to make people happy. And the question is, what is a handle? I've heard many people talk about it. And another question is, do you know when YouTube will get comments back without turning them on in studio? So you should have your comments already. As long as your content isn't made for kids, you should have comments already. Um, if your comments are off, you might want to go in and take a look at your settings and make sure that everything is set up properly on your YouTube channel and that your videos aren't defaulting to made for kids unless of course they are made for kids um, then of course you know you're going to be dealing with that um, limitation so to speak but when it comes to what a handle is a handle is the um, to where they put the at symbol in front of your channel name essentially and um, and then you get the custom url or the you know the web address for your channel name but more importantly it's modernizing youtube it's modernizing the platform bringing it up to date with what everybody else is doing um, but in addition to that your handle becomes your identity identity on YouTube, identity on YouTube, because, you know, right now, just as an example, like we've got old Trish in the house and I'm not picking on you here, old Trish. I'm just, I'm just going to use you as an example here. So let's say that old Trish, let's say that she does not, um, um, let, let's say pre handle right before handles, let's say she starts her YouTube channel and you know, she grows her YouTube channel and you go to YouTube search and you look for old Trish. And since she just started her channel, there might be a hundred other channels named old Trish because of all of the people that have created YouTube channels over the years on YouTube. So it makes it a little bit more difficult to find old Trish. So of course, what you could do is you could go in and you could filter by channel specifically, but even then, you know, you might see a big long list of YouTube channels named old Trish. So because of that, when you have your YouTube handle, the difference is whoever can claim old Trish as the YouTube handle, which hopefully you got it, Trish, by the way, <laughs> whoever can claim old Trish, then when people are looking for old Trish or they're tagging old Trish or anything like that, or they type in youtube.com slash at old Trish, then in that case, it's going to go right to her right? It's going to go right to her. All roads are going to lead to her as it relates to that particular name. So as long as, you know, she secures that name and, you know, that's her, then, you know, when people are looking for her, it's going to be much easier for them to find her and interact with her in other ways as well. Great question though. Um, and the next question that we have here on our list today is from Poop Scoops for Noobs. All right, we got the Poop Scoops. Um, we got the Poop Scoops going again. So um, D says, uh, handle scammers are out there already, so be careful, folks. Yeah, make sure you get your handles as fast as you possibly can. As soon as you get that email, make sure that you go in there. Make sure you're like, okay, let me let me check and make sure that I uh, make sure that I got you know what I want. Um, and if not, then try to come up with a variation. So out of curiosity, how many people here? have tried to get the handle for your YouTube channel name, but somebody else has it already. How many people here has that happened to? I'm just curious to see if that's happening to uh, to anybody. Square Table G Degenerate says uh, love handles. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other type of handle. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Oh, Retro the Emperor just got the email. Nice, nice, love it. So, okay, so we've got um, so we've got one. It looks like maybe two, three that has the actual where somebody has the um, you know they've they've taken the handle. So one thing that you can do in that case, if somebody does already have it, is you can you know add like an official or you know something like that before or after it as a means to you know still secure you know the name in some capacity. Um, so you can do like official or YT like Doug Hoosen YT you know as an example there things like that. 
so that you can um, go ahead and get those. Um, so you can have something related to your name in there without you know having to come up with a new channel name or anything like that. But for the pooping scooping business, the goal of the channel is to become a resource for other scoopers and entertain and inspire. And the question is, what are some resources to study great thumbnail design or sound design in the video? So when it comes to sound design, there's one video, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's by Peter McKinnon. And if you listen to this particular video with headphones on, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other videos like this, but this one in particular, um, if you listen to, to this particular video with headphones on, he actually walks you through a process of like letting you listen to the difference that sound design makes in videos. And it'll start out to where he's showing, you know, just kind of like a drone kind of flying, you know, over this thing. And he's just talking over it. There's no additional sound. And you're like, wow, that looks beautiful, whatever. And then he's like, okay, now we're going to add a little bit of wind to it. And, you know, the drones fly in the same shot and it's like, and it gives it this vibe. And then like the next one, he's flying the, uh, the drone. And he's like, right now we're going to add like a chopper sound to it. And then it's like, so it gives the whole thing like a vibe of a helicopter. And he's got like all these other little, like, you know, things to, you know, get your ears, you know, interested in what's going on but it's an amazing video. So I'm, I can't remember, type in Peter McKinnon sound design in a YouTube search, and then um, hopefully something will come up there. In terms of study great thumbnail design, go to YouTube, the uh, YouTube trending page, fantastic place um, to study thumbnail design because that's content that's working. Um, but the YouTube trending place is a great way to, or a great place to study thumbnail design. Um, also, any channels that are thriving in your niche. So if you notice, you know, a channel thriving in your niche to where they're getting a great response from what it is that they're doing for thumbnails, titles, and video content, then in that case, use them and say, hey, this is what people are responding to with the type of content that I make right now. So I'm gonna use this as just kind of a loose guide to know what people are currently responding to um, in my space. But the trending page is a fantastic way. Um, let's see here. Hey, old Trish. Um, so it says old Trish on YouTube is currently going to user old Trish, but it looks um, dormant. If you go to creator uh, support in studio, they may be able to help you with it. Otherwise try variants. Excellent. Uh, excellent tip there. So Nikki, little crafty nook. What's going on? Nice to see you in here. Amy Johnson crow. Nice to see you in here as well. Hope that you're having a fantastic weekend so far. Um, next question that we have here on our list is from La Fashionista Chick. Um, La Fashionista Chick says they do fashion content. The goal is to give tips about fashion and showcase jewelry. And the question is, what's the point of doing shorts from an existing video? I tried to reframe the short, but if I move or show certain images, then I'm out of frame. Meanwhile, TikTokers upload videos that are optimized for YouTube, question mark. So when you are trying to sample out um, a, a part of your video into a YouTube short, you gotta make sure that you're picking a part that you know, you're not moving around too much. So you know, in some cases with, with older videos where you might not be thinking about those kinds of things, then you're just gonna miss that chance to sample that out as a short for that particular part. Um, if you want to be super, you know, um, efficient with what it is that you're doing and you want to kind of future-proof your ability to do that, when you're putting your content together, start thinking to yourself, like when you're recording your video or when you're writing out your script or getting your bullet points together, start also marking things that would make for a really good short to be sampled out. So when you do that, you can ensure that at least for those that, you know, everything that's important is right in the center for that little, you know, 15 seconds or, you know, 60 second, you know, part of the video that all of the important stuff is happening right in the middle of the video. So then you're planning to sample that out as a short later if you choose to use that feature. So, um, so that's what you want to make sure that you're thinking about um, in that particular case.
But yeah, with, you know, with old videos, I mean, if you're sampling it out, you know, like you, you're, you know, you're going to run into that because, you know, it's something that, you know, we've just had it, you know, laid on us. It's like, hey, this is a way that you can, you know, just get your content in front of more people. And it's like, sweet. And then you're like, oh, wait, this is really hard to do because I'm all over the place in my videos. I've got some videos. I, I, I have another channel called All Our Questions. And for a period of time, once that feature came out, I think it was for like 30 days or something. Um, maybe not even that long. It might have been two weeks. I can't remember now. But, um, but I started doing that every day. So like, well, I was having coffee. I was like, hey, let's just sample a little short out, you know, whatever. And it was funny because in that particular content, it was when I was still jumping all over frame, um, when I was first starting to jump all over frame um, when I was making content, which means I would start over here and then I would jump in, you know, over on this side and then I would jump in in the middle and I'm in there and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a really good part. And then, you know, like as I'm going through it, I'm like, oh man, I can't use this because I'm all over the place. So, um, so yeah, I, I learned that one the hard way um, as well. Hey, uh, hanky panky. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So the next question here, oh, we got, uh, we got that particular one taken care of. So next up here on our list, we got Jacker Crackers. Jacker Crackers, love your channel name, by the way, says they do tech content goals to get a hundred thousand subscribers, a silver play button. And the question is, Hey Nick, what's the longest combo you've had with Mr. Beast or any large creator? What was it about? PS list, let them know about Singapore. <laughs> They're definitely familiar about Singapore. Um, I've actually never personally spoken to, um, to Jimmy. Um, my brother has, um, in an elevator, um, they had a you know little brief exchange there, but I personally haven't spoken to Jimmy. Like when when he's at conferences and things like that, like um I I understand that, you know, that he's there, he's doing his thing. He's also, you know, trying to teach other people and stuff like that. So because of that, I just like, I, I don't want to be standing there having that conversation, you know, with him while other people that, you know, that are like fans or people that are, you know, trying to, you know, uncover something for themselves that will help them with their channels or something like that. I don't want to be kind of standing in the way of that. So because of that, you know, um, unfortunately, um, I actually haven't talked to him, but in terms of large creators, I talk to large content creators all the time. And the conversation is usually, about like analytics or something going on with like their videos or you know something like that um let's see here next up on the list we've got the gaming mum the gaming mum says they do gaming content the goal of the channel is gaming for parents to educate and eventually monetize the question is i got the email about the handles with a date should i expect to be able to choose mine on that date or before um this is a an interesting question i think you should be able to just go in if you get the email i think you have it and i think you can just go in and, and get it to my understanding i could be wrong on that um, but i think if you get the email you can just go ahead and go in and get it um, to my understanding Again, I could be wrong on that, but that's my understanding. So I would just double check that. Um, Square Table Degenerates, what's going on? Nice to see you um, in here today. Um, they do entertainment content. The goal of the channel is to entertain people and make money. They have haha -ha after that. <laughs> the question is, do you anticipate this shorts push to end at the beginning of the year? It seems as some creators are only getting subs and notice through shorts, but what's going to happen with long-term and long-form content when shorts are, when, once shorts are monetized? Okay, here's the thing. When it comes to YouTube shorts, it's important that we all just go ahead and, and and face the fact that they're here and that they're here to stay and that they are a part of the YouTube platform as long or as along with all of the other, you know, changes that they're making right now. Like um, shorts are a part of society now through, you know, all these different platforms, not just YouTube, but, you know, vertical content, you know, long form and short form um, is just a part of the thing now. And we all have to, you know, face that fact. So in terms of, is it going to stop at the, um, you know, is it going to end at the beginning of the year? No, because content creators are still going to make shorts um, when when people start getting ads on them. 
people are going to be making more shorts and they're going to be trying harder to make high quality shorts so that they'll go even farther and grow their channels and make them money more or make them more money, things like that. So shorts are not going anywhere anytime soon. So if you are, you know, thinking of embracing them, it's probably a good idea. D and I were actually um, talking about this um, earlier today um, when we were hanging out and talking about how, you know, it's important to make sure that, you know, it, it's really easy, especially for those, those of us that have been on the platform for a while, um, it's really easy to just be used to the way that you're doing things and thinking like, hey, I'm just gonna keep you know doing things this way. But with all of this stuff, it's constantly evolving. And as content creators, we have the, the option to evolve with it or to just stay stagnant in what it is that we were doing and you know hope that we can you know continue to ride that out for a while. So so the 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 answer to that one is of course you want to evolve with the things that are going, you know, with the things that are going on. Now, with that said, you know, some some things, you know, some goals that you're trying to hit, shorts might not be the thing for that. Um, you know, some other things that you're, you know, trying to do or the way that you're trying to, you know, grow your brand or your influence, shorts may or may not be a great fit for that right now. But as the, all of this stuff happens, you're, or as all these changes keep happening to the platform, you know, we do need to start making that decision instead of being like, oh, you know, this is driving down attention spans or all the other, you know, uh, wrong things that people say about them. We got to say like, hey, here's another option that I have to get in front of more people. Do I want to use this or not? <laughs> right. And then we, we got to do the thing. But in terms of what's going to happen with long form content, long form content is also still going to be continued to be to, to be watched. So one thing that is also happening simultaneously, like as they're I wouldn't say simultaneously, but as they're doing this whole shorts thing, YouTube is also um, you know doing some things with podcasts as well, which are long form. So you have, you know, the long form podcast stuff, you have, you know, the short form content, you've got community posts, you've got the extra short form on YouTube stories, you've got, um, you know, live streams that can be long or short, depending on what it is that you're doing. And then you have, you know, good old fashioned regular video content that can also be of any length, um, you know, that you want it to be as well. So when it comes to YouTube um, shorts and the impact on long form content, you know, the long form content is still going to have its place, but you know, there's also very legitimate and important reasons to consider YouTube shorts for, you know, growing your YouTube channel and whatever else it is that you're trying to do in terms of the goals that you have attached to your channel. Uh, let's see here. Next up on our list, we've got Tuxedo Cream. All right. Paints an interesting picture there. Says they do gaming content and the goal of the channel is just to have some fun. And um, the question is, hey, Nick, I recently hit 215 subscribers on my YouTube channel. High five and fist bump to you. Nice work on the 215, your first 215 subscribers. And was given the community tab. Am I not supposed to get it after I reach 500 plus subs? So um, this is why it's important to make sure you're watching my channel. Make sure you have the notifications turned on. Make sure that you have notifications turned on on your device as well. If you do not have those on, go ahead and get them on now. And the reason for this is because every single week I have a new segment that I do. It's on Fridays to where I come in and I keep content creators up to date with all of the things that are happening on YouTube that impact them. Um, I talk, you know, in detail about some of the things and then other things, you know, I'll just kind of blow over because it's not really that big of a deal in terms of the impact. Um, but in some of them, I'll be like, hey, you know, this is what you want to think about. This is how you want to use it, those types of things. So I really recommend that if you don't already, you know, have that stuff turned on, that you do get it turned on. But um, what happened is YouTube has lowered the requirements on the YouTube community tab. So now you just have to have advanced features 
features enabled on your account, and then you can get a YouTube community tab. So I have a video on my YouTube channel. Um, it's it's within the, my last few videos, and the thumbnail for it is me going, and then it has at you. Go and watch that video, and it gives you a full breakdown on um, on everything. I'm sorry, it's not that one. That's the one for handles. So the one for the community tab, I think, is the I don't know. It's within the last few videos, <laughs> but it's something about YouTube is hooking up, you know, uh, uh, new YouTubers again. So go go watch that, and it'll fully explain, um, you know, all of the, you know, um, all the, you know, main details that you need to know about um, about the community tab. So, um, Doug, thanks for the heads up. I'm going to go in and um, answer these for you here uh, really quick. So first, um, Loria's. Oh. Was that in there? Oh no, that was a, a test one. Oh no, okay, Loria's um, Kitchen. Super chat. Thanks for the um, test super sticker there. Appreciate it. And let's see here, we got that one. We got Pam, we got Q8. Okay, Blind Life Gaming super says, chat. I heard you can now get the community tab. I can't find advanced features though when I'm looking in YouTube Studio. Please, can you help me find it? So what you need to do if you don't see the advanced tab or the advanced features option is you need to um, you need to go through the verification process on your YouTube channel where if you your channel history isn't if your channel history isn't currently enough to open it up for you, then you can um, go through the process of verifying through a video or your ID to prove to YouTube that you're you and all that stuff. And then that will unlock your advanced features for you and then it will show up um, in that area over there. So, um, so same exact thing with you go watch that video that I put out. Um, um, you know, it's one of the latest videos that I, oh, okay. So Chantel, she, she got it right here. Um, it's in the chat, um, that particular video where you can go in and you'll get, you know, all the information that you need on, you know, what you need to do. And I also have links in the description of that video where you can go and it, it'll take you right to the pages that you need to kind of start those processes. Um, Mesta G, super thank track. you for the super sticker. I appreciate it. Um, Q8 super says, hey Nick, track. a local company approached me to manage their YouTube channel and they wanna have multiple hosts versus just having one primary host on the channel. Do you think this could work? It absolutely works. Um, so as a business, as somebody that is, you know, doing their YouTube channel for their company, it's actually a good approach because if everything is around one content creator, then it makes that content creator more valuable, right? Because then in that particular case, the community grows around that content creator and then if they you know walk or whatever then in that case it's like okay now we got to bring a new person in and introduce everybody to them so what they want to do if they're on a budget is start with one but then as the channel you know starts doing well and all of that um, then start bringing in you know additional people in order to you know kind of fill you know some of those spots and to introduce just new people onto the channel but a great example of this in terms of you know would it work is if you watch content you know in this space for watching my videos there's a really good chance you've looked at the Think Media YouTube channel. Um, that's what they did. So basically the entire channel um, initially was built by Sean. And then uh, just recently here within the last few years, last couple of years, I, th I think it is, um, that he started bringing on additional people to make content. And now they're primarily the people that are making that content. And he pops in, you know, from time to time making videos, you know, from time to time for the channel. So, um, so that type of thing absolutely works, but you just gotta make sure that you are vetting the people that you're making sure that, you know, that they're, you know, good hosts because, you know, not everybody is a fantastic host, you know, to represent, you know, the company. So, um, so just make sure that you have some uh, good hosts in there. 
but it absolutely works. There's all there's channels all over YouTube um, that do this, but they're usually you know corporate style channels and things like that. Um, Learn Spanish trash. World says I produced all my videos and they're in good standing, but for some reason the create button only appears on some videos, not all. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what that is. Um, it could be that you have um, that you have the as long as I'm understanding your question right, it could be that you have the checkbox turned off to allow sampling of that content maybe um if it's other people trying to you know create content from those videos um if it's you you should be able to do it i'm not sure what the issue would be there but if it is to where you're looking on another channel and some of the videos you know people can't um you know grab them to remix them then it's likely because you have the box unchecked in your upload settings for those particular videos so in order to see this um, you would go into the video, the videos in question, and then you would go into the videos details page. And then once you're at the videos details page, you want to go to the very bottom of it. And then you want to click on the, I think it's see more. And then that's going to open up a whole other section. And then in that particular section, you're going to see a checkbox that's going to say to allow people to sample that content. You want to make sure that that is checked if you want to make that available for people to do. Um, we got the Creepypasta channel saying I hire multiple voice actors for my channel. I'm the editor and occasional writer. Yeah, so they do something um, something similar there as well. So that catches us up there. So we'll hop back into the uh, we'll hop back into the to the form here. So um, just as a heads up for those of you that are just joining the stream, we are talking about everything related to YouTube. So I'm answering questions in the order that they come in. So the way that I keep track of this is there's a form down in the description where you can go ahead and put your question in and then I answer as many of them as I possibly can um, before you know the stream is, co is complete today. So if you have a question, make sure that you get it, um, make sure you get it down there. Every now and then I'll just grab it you know right out of the um, out of the chat if somebody says something that you know is kind of an out of the ordinary question. but for most most of the um, most of the stream or doing them in the order they receive from that um, form that's down in the description. Sanders Media is our next question. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. They say that they make music and movie content. They goal the channel is movie clips. The question is, should I keep the copyright videos in my channel? Do they give me money? So um, I'm a big fan of not using, you know, copyright protected material in any capacity. Um, you can get away with it, you know, through like reactions and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, review, you know, like, um, like, hey, I'm reacting to this movie trailer or something like that. You can get away with it in some things, but make sure that you do talk to a lawyer to make sure that you are doing it in a way to where they would be able to defend you if you do end up using it in the wrong way. But that lawyer should be able to tell you, yes, this is the right way, or no, you need to do some things like this in order to, you know, be able to use that without having to, uh, you know, worry about it. But you can run into issues doing that. Even when you're doing it in a legitimate way, you can run into problems to where, you know, you'll still come up um, in their, uh, you know, in their copyright area and they can still, you know, issue a takedown and then you have to, you know, dispute it and all that. So it just adds a, a layer of complexity to what it is that you're doing in something that is already, you know, already hard to do. <laughs> so next up, we've got um, CJ Max Jake Plays. Says they upload every other day. Um, they do gaming content and more. The goal of the channel is to get monetized. And the question is, 
What's the easiest way to get monetized? Easiest way to get monetized is make great content that people love that really adds value to other people so that they will click on your videos. Of course, you also need to make sure that you're making really good thumbnails and titles that will help people identify your content, something that they care about, and then compel them to actually click on it and wanna come in and watch the video. But you make good content, learn how to get people to click on it, and then what's going to happen is you're gonna start you know, having people come in, enjoy your content, they're gonna start subscribing to your YouTube channel, that will get you to the 1,000 subscriber requirement, and then and from there, um, you will over time collect 4,000 hours of watch time, and then that will get you um, qualified for the partner program. And of course, you can do that with YouTube Shorts now as well, but you need 10 million views with uh, YouTube Shorts, which is a little insight there in terms of, in terms of, you know, somebody's asking earlier about, you know, using YouTube Shorts for views. The requirement there for monetization gives you some insight on how effective Shorts can be for getting views. But the um, channel here is Procedural Nodes Art and Tech. Um, they do 3D application tips, techniques, and related content. The goal of the channel is to use my 30 plus experience, um, of, or sorry, IT experience combined with what I'm learning about 3D art to help other 3D creators. The question is, is my channel name too long? Would it be better off rebranding with my name? So when it comes, I'm just gonna give you some stuff to think about um, around this question. First off, I do think that the channel name is, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit long. Um, but one thing to make sure that you are thinking about when it comes to your channel name, if you want to, you know, go and build, you know, a, a brand on the internet, which is what you're doing essentially with the YouTube channel, is when you build it around a channel name or a hand, you know, like a like you know, like a handle of some kind, then in that case, not a YouTube handle, but you know what I mean. If you build it around like a you know a brand name of some kind, then in that case, you can do the things that we were talking about earlier, where you know at some point, you know, if your channel does well or when your channel does well, then you can have other people come in and you know kind of help you host what's going on and making some content for you and things like that. Whereas if you you end up in the situation where you know you're like me and you use your name as the branding then in that case you know it helps you grow your personal brand in a fantastic way however it does make it a little bit more difficult for those types of things because it's awkward if you know if i have somebody else come on and start hosting the content but the channel is named me so if i was going to do that i would want to change my you know channel name first so um so just some things to think about there when it comes to rebranding but when you do use your name just keep in mind and i learned this one the hard way um, unfortunately, but keep in mind when you do use your, your name, um, it does open you up to some privacy issues. Whereas when you are using your YouTube, like when you have like a, a, a brand name that you have everything behind, then in that case, it, you know, it kind of adds an extra layer to, um, to your own, you know, personal privacy as well. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, Renee Ritchie says, YouTube doesn't promote videos. It doesn't push videos for creators. It pulls videos to viewers. When someone opens the homepage or shorts feed, YouTube pulls the videos it thinks that they would be most likely to enjoy. So always make videos for humans, videos your audience will enjoy that are compelling for them to click on and enjoy so much, they'll wanna watch another one of your videos. And I'm gonna add to that and say, you know, and hopefully subscribe to the channel as well and become like a huge, huge supporter of what it is that you are uh, doing with your content. Vander Woman, thank you for the uh, super sticker there. I appreciate it. So uh, let's hear, so next up on the list here, we've got uh, number 18. We're cruising through these. So we got Metal Bricks. Um, is the name of the YouTube channel here. They do Lego stop motion. The goal of the channel is to entertain people and share my passion with the world. And the question is, 
I'm having trouble attracting new viewers to long form videos. Is there any tips that you could give me? Is it my thumbnails or titles are lacking? So I'm not going to pull up your thumbnails um, and titles right now because we're not doing that at this moment in time. Um, however, when it comes to, you know, you're having trouble attracting new viewers, there's some things to think about um, because there's a lot of moving parts involved. So that's why I wanna, that's why I wanna talk about some things you gotta think about. So when it comes to attracting new viewers to your YouTube channel, um, there is some very important things that you have to have in place. So first, you have to be able to make thumbnails that will help people identify that your content is about something that they might care about, okay? So for example, if I had a thumbnail, if nobody knew who I was and I had a thumbnail and it's just my face on it and you know I didn't have anything else, then in that particular case, um, or I was just pointing to something weird in the background, whatever, then in that particular case, you know, there wouldn't really be much context there about what somebody might get in the video. Sure, they, that might just grab somebody's attention because there's a big face on it and then they might look at the title, then that would be my opportunity to, you know, have something compelling written that would pull the people that I'm trying to reach into that particular video. So when you are, you know, having trouble getting, you know, activity on your long form videos, the very first place to start is, of course, just looking at your click through rate compared to the impressions that you have and just making sure that, you know, you're not overcomplicating your thumb on your thumbnails, that there's a very clear focus point on your thumbnails, that the colors that you're using are focusing in the focusing the potential viewer on the right things and not distracting them from the things that would actually help them identify that the contents for them, that sort of thing. And then when it comes to your titles, it comes down to making a title that's either extremely informative, um, extremely compelling or a mixture of the two. Um, and by doing that, that will get people actually into the video itself. And at the very top of that, though, one other thing that we have is also the topic of the video. So of course, making videos about things that people care about it is another big part of that. But then once somebody actually clicks into the video, then a whole other process starts. And that process is you winning over their attention and having them watch your video for a longer period of time so that they you know, are like, hey, this is a good video, so that they are enjoying the experience that they're having. So if you are having trouble with you know, people you know, interacting with your videos and they're just not getting the traction that you want, um, it mostly comes down to you just working on those skill sets um, of, of, all right, I gotta learn how to make better thumbnails, gotta learn how to make better titles, I gotta learn how to you know, make videos that people will watch for a longer period of time, things like that. Um, and just focusing all of your efforts on just the overall viewer experience for the people that you're trying to reach. And by viewer experience, I mean, from the moment your thumbnail and title show up on somebody's homepage or recommended next to another video on YouTube or in YouTube search, um, when your videos show up, or in shorts even, but when your videos show up, um, you know, for your thumbnail and title side of it, that's not shorts. But when your when your videos show up somewhere, from the moment somebody might see your video, start thinking through. Okay, so this is what my video is about. So if somebody were to see this on their homepage, they were to see this thumbnail. Um, for the people that I'm trying to reach based on the topic of the video and what I'm trying to do with my channel, um, does this help them in any way identify what this, what this is about? Is there any imagery that I have in this thumbnail that would really stand out to people that are interested in these topics that I'm talking about, which in your case would be like Lego stop motion? So for example, making sure that you have like a Lego in there for somewhere for that, or if you're just doing general entertainment stuff around trending things and you're on Lego stop motion around like pop culture, then in that case, making sure that you have some of those pop culture references in there with Lego, like a Batman, like a Lego Batman or something like that. Um, but when you're, um, you know, when you're looking at that, you have to think to yourself, okay, what about this thumbnail and, and define it with everything that you're doing? What about this thumbnail would help somebody identify it? 
Um, and then in addition to that, what about this thumbnail is compelling. Now keep in mind the thumbnail itself, if you can add compelling stuff to the thumbnail, that's a win. But in a lot of times people just drop down to the title to see what's going on. Um, so then you have to think next step, what about my title first is the thing that's going to matter to the viewer is that as close to the front of the title as possible like is that in there within that first like 52 characters or so worst case 60 characters to where if somebody sees this the information that they are going to you know it's going to matter to them most um that they're going to see that before youtube actually cuts it off on some places on youtube and then start saying okay what about my title specifically is informative and or compelling that would cause somebody to you know want to click into this and come and participate and then from there being intentional about everything else that you're doing so when my video first starts and again we're talking about the viewer experience right so when my video first starts once they click on it because I've, I've you know answered all those questions for myself to make sure that i'm qualifying me publishing this video and having you know the the particular thumbnail and title that i'm using so once i have that then when my video first starts what am I saying or what am I showing or what would the viewer be seeing at the very beginning of my video for the people that I'm trying to reach that would make that particular viewer, that particular type of person want to stick around and watch more of the video and then start defining that through different parts of your video. Okay, we're, we're 30 seconds in. What's happening right now? Why would this matter to the viewer? What's going on here? Why is this something that people would want to watch more of? And just define that as you're going through each piece of your content, then get it all the way to the end and then start thinking about, okay, what video would they watch next? And then you wanna make sure that you have that in your end screen, and then you wanna start thinking before you even get to that, when you're at the end of your video, you wanna start recording your video. You wanna make sure you think like, okay, that next video I'm gonna be handing them off to, or I'm gonna be sending them to, what about that is important to the viewers that would be watching this video? And how can I set up that video or tell them about that video to where it would matter to them in order to, you know, try to get them to click on that and watch another video. So the whole thing um, is about, you know, the viewer experience. And if you want better results in general, you have to focus all of your efforts on that viewer experience and make it as satisfactory as possible for the people that are interacting with your content. And the better you get at that, the better you're going to do. Um, let's see here. So I had some super chats come in. I'm going to go ahead and, um, and answer these here, uh, really quick. Let me refresh this here. Okay. So we have, whoa, did everything just freeze? Oh, there we go. Okay. I thought I just had like a total computer freeze. That was close. <laughs> so as we scroll down here and look for these, we've got, um, I've Super produced chat. all my videos and they're in good standing, but for some, okay, we talked about that. So Learn Spanish World um, says, when you allow other people to sample your videos, do you still get a referral back to your channel? Um, are they able to monetize your content? Technically, so because they are, um, because they are interacting with, uh, oh, nice, Plant Obsessed, that's pretty awesome. Thanks for the heads up on that. Um, when people are, um, you know, sampling your short, it will link, it, it does link directly back to your YouTube channel. So you're good there. Um, in terms of, are they able to monetize your content? They are because they're remixing it, right? So, um, so yes. Um, let's see here, Vander Woman. Um, I think we got that one already. And Real Truth, Real Power, or sorry, Real Truth and Power says, can I screen record my podcast on my phone and make it a short? How can I take parts of a video and make it a short? So if you have your podcast uploaded to um, uploaded to YouTube, then you can just sample it directly out of that. So you don't even have to screen record it. You can just sample it straight out of that. But um, in terms of you recording it on your phone, um, if you're record if you're screen recording it just to get the audio, um, in that case, you might want to just you know download the actual audio itself. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I see what you're doing. So you're wanting to take the audio. That took me a second. So you're wanting to take the audio. 
um, and you don't have any video for it. So therefore you're wanting to record the screen so that you can have a video file attached to it and then upload it as a YouTube short that way. So if that's what you're doing, um, I recommend that you try to come up with something else. And I mean, you can do that. Like you can, yes, you can absolutely do that. But one thing that you wanna think about is when it comes to YouTube shorts, just like all the other content on YouTube, that whole thing that I just went through about the viewer experience and how important it is that viewers have a satisfactory experience with your content, if you do the screen recording and it's not, you know, quality enough in terms of the audio that you're pulling and things like that, or it's not interesting to watch, then there's a really good chance people aren't gonna stick around if there's nothing happening. So if it's just like a static screen and the only thing that's happening is audio, in that particular case, probably not the best thing to do. So because of that, what you might wanna consider is you might wanna consider, you know, actually, you know, making a YouTube short, you know, where you're talking during your podcast, maybe even feed audio, you know, directly into the phone or set up a camera or something like that. And, um, and then that way, you'll have an actual interesting piece of content that you can publish where there's an actual person talking and you like that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit more interesting to watch compared to just a just a non moving, uh, you know, recorded screen. So um, so technically, yes, you can do what you're talking about. But you got to think, you know, is this actual quality content? If somebody were to see this in addition to hearing it, but if they were to see it, is there something that they would want to watch as well as listen to it? Because remember, like in YouTube shorts, it's about it being short. So because of that, like you want to make sure that you're grabbing their attention and all that, which is a little bit difficult to do with audio only. Um, let's see here. So that caught us up there. Let's hop back over into the questions. So we got metal bricks taken care of. Next up, we're on number 19 already. We're cruising through these. So um, let's see here. So we got La Fashionista Chick. We already answered one of yours. So we're gonna skip on to the uh, next one here just to be you know fair for everybody. So we've got Soul F.A. Soul F.A. says they do entertainment content. The goal is to entertain my viewers. And the question is, I wanna stream and make a shorter version of that stream as a YouTube video. How long should the video be? So if you want to, I'm not sure what Mevo is, really quick, Mona did what? I'm not sure what Mevo is, um, but you can use StreamYard on your mobile device if that's what you're, um, if that's what you're asking. Um, but you say that you wanna stream and make a shorter version of that stream for a YouTube video, how long should the video be? That video should be as long as it needs to be for you to get the information out of that particular stream that would make for an appropriate video. I know you would love for me to say like, oh, it's best to make it, you know, eight minutes long, but in reality, it all comes down to, you know, what's necessary for the video. Like what you do not wanna do is you never wanna bloat a video with stuff that isn't you know, uh, good for the viewer, just for the sake of, you know, making a video a certain length. Instead, you wanna think to yourself, okay, out of this live stream that I have, if I'm gonna be taking clips out of this, what clips would just be a fantastic fit for my viewers? And should I tighten them up a little bit and, you know, through editing in order to make it an even better experience for, um, you know, the people that are gonna be interacting with it? Next question. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Okay. So next up on our list here, we've got Water Metal. Water, yeah, Water Metal 124. Um, they do gaming and life hack content. The goal of the channel is to get 1,000 um, S7Bs and 4,000 uh, subscribers and um, four subs. Got it. 
typo. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that seven is pretty close there. Um, but uh, 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 hours of watch time, and I make videos for fun. Um, question, why did I get my YouTube handle in the community tab? I'm so sad my friends have got it. Why didn't I get it? It's coming. It's coming. You'll get it. They're still rolling it out. So here's the thing. When it comes to YouTube features, um, for those of you that are waiting for your community feed, you're waiting for your handle, um, when it comes to those features or any feature that YouTube rolls out on the platform, the um, the like they don't just deploy it all at once, right? Like everybody doesn't just wake up and then everybody on YouTube has the feature. Typically, it'll go out through like waves of, you know, different groups of people to where it's like, hey, you know, now this group of creators is gonna get it. Now this group of creators is gonna get it. Now this group is gonna uh, get it so that um, you know, if there's a problem or anything like that, then in that case, that gives them the opportunity to, you know, make any, you know, updates that they need to before it goes out to that next wave of, um, of people. So you'll get it. Don't worry about it. Don't be sad over it. Like it's just a, you know, minor YouTube, um, you know, it's just a minor YouTube, you know, uh, you know, process there. Um, so, you know, you'll, you'll get it. Don't, don't let it, you know, impact you, you know, emotionally, um, you know, if you, if you can. Um, so Amusements Revisited is our next question here. They do videoing vintage arcade games. The goal of the channel is to get more subscribers. The question is, is it better to leave um, posting videos you'd think will be more popular until you have a larger subscriber rate? No, not at all. If you think the, that the videos that you are posting are going to be more popular, then post those videos because those videos might be the ones that get, get you the higher subscriber rate. Uh, so when it comes to like holding off on content until you have an audience of a certain size, that's actually the backwards way to do it. Because what you want to make sure that you're thinking of is I want to give the best stuff that I can possibly give every single time I publish a video so that I can make sure that I'm giving good quality content to my audience. And when you do that and you do it repeatedly, like that's how you end up, you know, growing a YouTube channel. So you never like, you know, you never hide that stuff. Instead, you want to make sure that you are, you know, you're, that you are, you know, putting that stuff out there. And hey, really quick, um, I do want to let everybody know, um, and I forgot to mention this earlier, if you are a TubeSpanner user, make sure you go ahead and get your notepads open, you know, for the rest of this stream, especially for the last hour, because I'm having Sean Cannell on from Think Media TV, and we're going to be talking, you know, all stuff about YouTube and answering your YouTube questions and stuff like that as well. Um, if you're not familiar with TubeSpanner yet, like if you're already a user, then you know to get your notepad open. Um, if you're not a TubeSpanner user yet, TubeSpanner is a toolkit for YouTube content creators that has all kinds of, you know, really helpful tools within it that'll help you write scripts, that'll help you take notes on, you know, this stream and, you know, competitor videos and stuff like that. They've got, you know, like a LinkedIn bio page or a, a, bio, a social bio page where you can optimize that for your YouTube channel, all kinds of really cool features inside of TubeSpanner. You can check that out through the link that um, Chantel dropped right here in the chat. Or of course, I've got links to that in the description for those of you that don't have that installed yet. So next up on our list here, we've got... Uh, let's see here, Creative Self Therapy. Creative Self Therapy does daily content. Um, they have an art channel. The goal of the channel is relaxation, uh, a relaxation escape for the viewer. And the question is, how do you deal and cope with trolls? Do you get used to it? So it's not that you get used to it. Um, I mean, it's part of the thing. So like when you first start getting trolls, you should be like, all right, you know, like I'm getting somewhere. I got people in here that are, you know, give me a hard time. But um, when it comes to dealing and coping with trolls, um, I typically just ban them. So like if somebody's, you know, in my comment section and they're trying to disrupt things, all they want 
is attention, right? All they want is for somebody to focus on them or to combat them, you know, through the through the replies or something like that. So what I do is I'm just like, hey, you know, if um, you know, if you're not, you know, adding to the conversation in some way, then there's no reason for you to be participating in this conversation. So then I'll I'll take them out. Um, in addition to that, you also have the side of things about you know building your community. So if you have if you let trolls run wild in your comment section, then that opens the door for other trolls to see that it's okay, and then you'll have other people that are negative people like the trolls that will come in there and start, you know, kind of stacking onto it and start harassing you there as well. So because of that, in order to keep everything clean, keep a positive community, when those people come in, I personally will just, you know, hide them from the channel. That way they can still watch the content. They can still interact. And in their brains, they think that people are still seeing their comments, but in reality, they're shouting into a void and nobody else sees their comment except for them. So, um, so because of that, when it comes to trolls, yeah, I just I, I I just hide them from the channel. And um, Echo Sky says, do trolls help you with the algorithm, though, through their comments? No, um, they do not. And um, comments, actually, and this was new information to me. Um, I just found out about this maybe a month or two ago. I was actually corrected on this one. Um, but in terms of comments impacting your YouTube channel, um, comments actually do not, um, you know, cause your video to get more views or anything like that. It's more of a community feature to just interact with people. But um, but according to, um, you know, people at YouTube, the um, comment section actually does not impact your videos anymore. If it ever did. Um, so, you know, to my understanding for a very long time, you know, it was, you know, something that mattered. But um, but now um, it, you know, it doesn't uh, it doesn't do it anymore. Which is pretty interesting, uh, you know, information. So next up on the list, we've got Skada. I think I'm saying that right. Says they do gaming content. The goal is to make YouTube my full-time job. And the question is, should I ask bigger YouTubers who know me already to raid slash live director? Would that be considered to be rude or something like that? Any tips regarding for live direct feature? Thank you. Great question. So this is the first one I've had on the live redirects that I can think about or that I can remember. But when it comes to Two things I wanna talk about. One, making YouTube your full-time job, since you mentioned that's your goal. So how many people here are interested in that? How many people here is like, hey, I would love to do YouTube full-time, um, or at least have it as like a side hustle or something like that. If that's you, just say, just say me um, in the chat. Um, and the reason I'm asking that question is because when it comes to uh, you know making this a side hustle or making this a you know job, it's really important to make sure that you are monetizing. Okay, so we've got a lot in here. So uh, yeah, we've got a lot um, of people in here that are that are wanting to you know take this further, so to speak. So what what you want to make sure that you're thinking about in order to make that happen more rapidly for you. And I mentioned this from time to time in live streams. I try to make them, you know, take a moment from time to time to kind of highlight this. But what you want to make sure that you're thinking about is you want to make sure that you're thinking about if you're wanting to make this a full time job, you need to be thinking about monetization. Now you need to be thinking about how you're going to monetize and all the different ways that you're going to be monetizing your content. And you need to start getting those into place and start using them now so that as your YouTube channel grows, your income can grow right along with it. Because if you wait, which is what a lot of people do, if you wait until you have a certain subscriber number, or if you wait and, and or or if you're only focused on like, hey, I'm just I'm just gonna make YouTube ad money. In that case, you're limiting yourself in both scenarios. So what you want to think about is, yes, I'm going to make you know YouTube ad money, but I'm also going to really start exploring, actively exploring 
other ways that I can make money for my YouTube channel. A really easy way to do this. I actually made a whole video talking about um, starting and monetizing a YouTube channel. Like if you're wanting to start a YouTube channel to make money, I, I talk about, I've got like a, um, a like a spreadsheet in there to where you can do some, you know, competitor research and stuff like that to figure out how they're monetizing and all that. I definitely recommend you watch that video. But the idea is go and start looking at all of the other people that are making content like you and start looking at how they're monetizing their content. Um, start looking around for different affiliate programs. If you're not, um, familiar with what affiliate programs are. Affiliate programs are where you recommend products or services to your viewers. And if somebody, you know, goes with that product or service, then you get a commission for sending your viewer in that direction. And it all happens through the link that you send them through. So because of that, you know, in a lot of cases, especially, you know, I know a lot of you are just getting started, you know, like according to this graph right here, or this chart, we've still got, you know, almost half of the room um, is still actually with what's a handle and still waiting for mine. We've got more than half of the room that are still waiting for their handles or that don't know what a handle is. So that tells me that there's, you know, a ton of you here um, that are just getting started. So one thing I can, I can assure you, is that if you pick a good affiliate program and if you make the right videos around that affiliate program, that you can start making money on your YouTube channel now before you're even in the YouTube partner program. And in some cases, you can make like a decent amount of money before you're even in the YouTube partner program. So because of that, you wanna make sure that you are doing that research now that you're trying to figure out what would be a good fit for your audience, you know, in terms of products and things like that. And, um, and you start thinking of all of the different ways that you can monetize and you start looking at all of your competitors and all the people that content like yours, seeing how they monetize, and you start looking at people outside of your niche and outside of the type of content that you make and start looking for ways that they are monetizing what it is that they're doing um, so that you can start thinking to yourself, okay, is there a way that I can, you know, do something like this or, you know, that particular product or service that they're offering or that particular, you know, they're, they're sending people over to Patreon and they're getting people signing up over there. You know, I wonder why, let me, let me try that. And the idea is that, you know, if you can get all this stuff going now, like I said before, then instead of just waiting and being like, man, I hope, you know, I hope I can do this. Then what you're doing is you're actually taking actions and you're putting plans together to make all of that stuff happen so that you can get things in place, take action on it, right? You're getting those things in place so that you can start mentioning, Hey, I've got, you know, a link to that down in my description when you're making a video, or you can make a review video on a particular, you know, product or service or, you know, something like that in order to start that process. Because if you wait, then what's gonna happen is you're gonna get to 10,000 subscribers, or you're gonna get to 100,000 subscribers or whatever that number is for you. And you're gonna be like, okay, now I'm gonna start monetizing this, you know, outside of ad revenue, cause I'm doing okay with ad revenue, but now I'm gonna start. And then what you have done at that moment is you're gonna look back on your content. And I've, I've been on calls with people when they've kind of internally collapsed, you know, in terms of like, oh my gosh, what have I done? I, I you know, missed this huge opportunity. Because what's going to happen is you're gonna look back on all of that content that you created that got you to 10,000 subscribers or 100,000 subscribers or 50,000 subscribers or whatever that, you know, threshold is for you. And you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I made all of these videos and I could have had a lot of this stuff in a, that I'm you know, starting to you know, use now. I could have had all of that stuff in all of these videos and had all of these videos working for me, driving you know, a sale here, a sale there, you know, a sale every day on this one, a sale once a week on this one, a sale once a month on that one, whatever, that would compound to where you know, once you get to that you know, milestone that you, that you would normally start monetizing in all these different ways, by the time you get there, you're already doing great. And then all you do is just keep like amplifying what it is that you're doing through making awesome 
awesome content. So go ahead and get those things in place now, or at least get them on the radar and pick one and get one in place and then put all the others on the radar. Like these are all the different ways that I can monetize. Um, sponsorships is one of those. So since sponsorships is on the list, once I hit, you know, this particular, you know, type of, uh, you know, average view count, then I'm going to start reaching out to these specific companies that I would love to work with. That would be a great fit for my audience and let them know that I'm out here making content, that kind of stuff. Um, but if you start doing that now and start putting it into action, you being able to go full time or make side hustle money from YouTube is going to happen much faster for you. So go ahead and um, make sure that you're doing those things. But to answer the question here, so I kind of, you know, went off the um, deep in there, Scatha, but I just wanted to make sure to highlight that um, because it's really important for those of you that are wanting to, you know, do this um, professionally. Um, it's really important that you do get those things in place. Um, the Artist Haven, what's going on? Hope you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you. It was awesome hanging out with you at uh, Vid Summit. So um, the second part of the question says, should I ask bigger YouTubers who know me already to raid slash live director, would that be considered rude? Um, so when it comes to asking your creator friends to redirect to you, if their audience is the same in terms of you're reaching the same people, cause you do gaming content. Um, so let's say for example, you're playing like COD. If your friends are also playing COD and they're doing similar things, either they're doing like help content like you are around COD or they're doing Let's Plays content around COD or something like that, where there's a very good likelihood or high likelihood of their viewers, if they were to see your content on their homepage, that they would be likely to click on it. Then in that case, being like, hey, could you hook me up? I'm going, I'm going live this weekend. Um, would you mind, you know, kind of redirecting over to me or, Hey, would you mind, you know, at the end of your stream, uh, you know, this weekend, if you, you know, redirect over to mine and then as soon as, you know, yours is over, then your people can come over and then I can kind of keep the party rolling. Um, and, and that's perfectly okay. Like if you are, you know, putting yourself out there like that and you already have these relationships built up, it's, it's okay to ask, but you just got to make sure that, you know, that, that you're not, um, doing it in like a needy kind of way, um, or that you don't abuse the situation, right? Because it's really easy to also, you know, abuse, you know, those types of situations. But in terms of tips regarding live redirect, um, one tip that I do have is uh, one, to make sure that the people that you know you're redirecting to are aware of it but also make sure again that it's a good fit for the audience in terms of their audience is a good fit for your content um, but also make sure that they kind of prime their audience for the redirect because what will happen if they redirect the content or if they redirect their viewers to you then what's going to happen is they'll hit your video or your live stream thinking that their stream is just over. And then they'll just start abandoning that really quick. However, if they're like, hey, you know, I'm gonna be sending you as soon as the stream's over, um, I want you to check out my friend who, you know, who has a YouTube channel, it's the same type of content, you're gonna love their videos. So here, as soon as I end this stream, it's gonna, YouTube's gonna automatically send you over there. Make sure you stick around because you're gonna love it. Then in that case, when they end the stream, the people in their brains are like, hey, I'm supposed to be in the stream. I'm supposed to be watching this. I'm supposed to like this. So let's see if I actually like this or not. So then you kind of prime them for that experience. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay. Next up on our list, unviral videos. What's going on? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Um, let's see here. Oh, nope. Yeah, we, we don't, we don't do that. Um, yeah, we don't do that here. That's why the mod just uh, took care of you there. 
Um, Scatha, yeah, my pleasure. I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad that you got that, uh, glad that you got that information. Doug Houston says, um, public service announcement, the community tab rollout is going to take another few weeks. Um, just so you know that, cause I mentioned that initially I thought it was like a, like a 20 or 30 day period, which I thought we were coming kind of, you know, in the middle of, or towards the end of, um, but Doug just mentioned here that, um, that he found out that it's going to be another few weeks for the, um, community tab. So just a heads up to everybody there waiting for that. So next up on our list here. We've got Denny's Stops Plastic. Denny's Stops Plastic says that, that the type of channels, how small plastic is bad for the environment. The goal of the channels, when I get enough subs, I'll create a petition online to ban plastic. Um, you can start doing that right now. Like you don't even have to, you know, wait until you get a subscriber count. That's kind of like the same thing with the monetization, right? If you can go ahead and start getting that now, then technically you might be able to build an entire movement around your YouTube channel about cleaning up, you know, plastic or banning plastic or whatever. So, um, so because of that, like, go ahead and start, you know, go ahead and start doing it now. Like, don't wait for those types of things. Of course, you know, in some cases, you know, there's reasons to wait for stuff, but, um, but when it comes to things like this, like you're trying to, like you're, you're, you're waiting to make a difference instead of thinking about it through the lens of if I start doing this now and I start creating these petitions now, then, you know, as people are, you know, coming into the YouTube channel, like every one person that I can get over there, you know, that's one more signature on that petition that I'm going to be able to submit at some time in the future. So I would just go ahead and get, uh, get it over there now. But the question is how to upload more often when you have a very busy schedule. So what I recommend for this scenario is scheduling things in where you can. So in some cases, you might only have one day a week where you can fully work on your channel, but throughout the week. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. But throughout the week, it is likely that there are little pockets of time here and there, um, maybe on your lunch break, maybe while you're, you know, waiting to pick up, you know, one of your kids from school, maybe while you are, you know, doing something else to where, you know, to where you can work on video ideas or where you can, you know, research those video ideas, or you can start sketching up ideas for your thumbnails, things like that. Um, or maybe where you can record a small part of your video to where it's like, Hey, I've only got like 10 minutes. So let me go in and just record, you know, a little extra part of the video, or let me see if I can make a YouTube short really quick. Um, and then that way you are kind of working on a video throughout the week, an additional video throughout the week, in addition to working on the, you know, the main video that you, you know, typically do with the current time that you, you know, have freely available. Um, another thing you can do there in terms of uploading more often when you have a busy schedule is one, you could use live streams to supplement, you know, your upload schedule to where you're uploading, you know, a video, and then that's part of your thing. But then you have, you know, like an hour or 30 minutes that you can spare throughout the week to where, you know, you can get into a live stream and you can talk about, you know, plastics, all that stuff, optimize it just like it's a video, present the whole thing like it's an actual video, but do the whole experience live. So then the only prep that you have to do for it is of course, setting things up. Um, and then of course, from there, just having notes, you know, on your phone or on your computer, something that you would reference while you're doing your live stream. And then of course, another way that you can upload quickly is YouTube shorts. So then you have, you know, one long video, one quick live stream that you do, and then a YouTube short, um, to where you can, you know, be putting all of that stuff out to try to, uh, you know, help ban plastic. It's a pretty cool mission that you're on. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we got super Six Shop chat. dropped a super chat. Thank you for that. Says, I've had a viral video. How do I repeat success? How do I monetize better? I'm in the partner program, but I'm not making money. So in terms of monetizing better, let's talk. Okay, first you had a viral video, how do I repeat success? Um, what you have to do is you have to really start unpacking why you think that people responded so well to the video that they responded well to. So when you had a video go viral, what you're gonna see within the actual data for that is you're gonna see everything about that video. You're gonna see your audience 
audience retention. You're gonna see your relative audience retention. You're gonna see how many people were clicking on your end screens. You're gonna see um, how many people were liking your video. You're gonna see your click-through rate compared to the impressions, um, all of that. So since you have one viral video, you know what success looks like on your channel in terms of you know like a massive video. So you know the numbers behind that. So what you can start doing is you can start kind of using that as a gauge, right? Okay, so I've at this point, this particular video had a click-through rate of this and a watch time of about this in terms of you know average view duration um, at this point in time, and that traffic was actually coming from home pages um, compared to you know maybe some of these other videos that are getting more search traffic or something like that. But when you start digging into your analytics, it's going to start showing you a, a picture of what that high performance looks like on your channel. So then that can let you start identifying with new content when you're publishing, like, hey, I need to update my thumbnail here for this one. Not much you can do with your retention outside of sampling things out or cutting things out um, of the video itself, you know, it, using the YouTube editor, but not a ton that you can do in terms of retention once it's actually published. But what you want to start thinking about is you have all the numbers, right? Those are a reflection or a mirror of how people respond to what it is that you're doing um, at scale. But what you want to start thinking about is you want to start coming up with theories about why you think people responded to each part of the video, the thumbnail, the topic, the title, all of that stuff, why you think that they responded well to that. And then you want to start testing those theories with new content, new thumbnails, new titles on additional videos that you're publishing on your channel. Now, as you're doing these experiments, because you can go willy nilly where you're just like, hey, I'm just going to publish, you know, these things that I think people are responding to and just, you know, see if I can get people to respond better or you can literally start testing things to where you start using your grouping feature to start saying like, okay, these videos right here, these are the ones that I'm going to start, you know, testing my thumbnail theories on these videos right here. I'm going to start testing my theories on, you know, why people, you know, might've respond better in terms of the hook of this video or different segments of this video and so on. Um, so, you know, these are those videos and then you can start, you know, getting a quick bird's eye view of the things that are working for you based on your theories and the things that are not working for you based on your theories. Um, by using that particular feature. And then of course, looking at the videos individually as well. Um, so when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to that, um, just make sure that you are going through that particular process because you know what success looks like now. So you has so you so you have that number. Now you just have to come up with as many ideas as you can on 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 the the um, the, the the reason that you think that people you know responded well to it. Not just like hey, I think this color grabbed their attention, but more like okay, deeper. Like what do people actually want out of this video? What do I think the expectation was when they saw this thumbnail and they saw this title? Like why do I think that that caused people to click on this more and was it because it was something you know that was just timely and it was something that was on trend and people responded there or was it an emotion that i was using that was a perfect connection for this what was the imagery that i was using in this particular thumbnail and why do i think people might have responded to that better you know those types of questions not just like you know hey is is it the blue or the red <laughs> right so those are important too but you know you want to go a little bit more high level about you know the psychographics of why you think people um, or the psychology sorry of why you think people, you know, responded better to one than the other. And then you test those theories on future content. So um, let's see here. Next up on our list, we've got um, David Super Matney. Shot. What's up, David? Hope you're doing awesome, man. Says, um, Nick, what is the most common bad advice or bad business practice that you see creators follow that they need to stop doing? Um, man, that's a great question. So um, for this one, you know, I'm actually going to find this one. I'm going to pin this one on the screen. Like this, this is good. So I'm going to talk about this here for a second. Um, let's see here. So... 
When it comes to um, common bad advice or bad business practice that I see creators follow that they need to stop doing, I'm gonna go through a quick list here. I actually have a video coming about this. But um, one of the things is that they um, are focusing way too much on tags. People are looking at YouTube tags like they are the holy grail of getting views on YouTube when in reality they are some of the least important, you know, things um, related to a YouTube video. Um, in addition to that, there's really old information that people still, people that actually teach people about YouTube are still like, you know, people that are trying to teach people about YouTube. Um, they are saying things like, make sure that you name your video file, the name of the keyword that you're you're going after so that you know it'll tell YouTube that blah, blah blah like that doesn't even matter like once you upload your video YouTube actually changes it into you know uh, like it changes the file name anyway so it doesn't even matter same thing with your thumbnail um, as well so you know both of those definitely you know gone um, in addition to that people waiting to monetize like I talked about before because you know every video that you publish can work for you in some way it can help drive you revenue it can help spread awareness about you know like in your case you know doing real estate it can help spread awareness about you know the products or services that you offer it can help position you in particular ways um like you know there's a bunch of different things that you can do for you know each video so instead of you know waiting and saying like hey i'm going to hit a certain subscriber number before i do anything it's really important to start being strategic now and start saying okay I, out of the next 90 days if out of all the videos i'm going to publish over the next 90 days what is each individual video intended to do and how are, am i going to interlink all of those videos to create a great viewer experience for the viewer, but then also lead people into very specific things that are going to help me accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish as well. Um, so you wanna make sure that you're, that you're doing that. Um, and you wanna make sure that you're doing that as well instead of just uploading willy-nilly. Because another thing that a lot of content creators will do is they'll just be like, hmm, what am I gonna make a video about? And then they'll just come up with an idea and then they'll just go and make that video. Um, so another thing that creators are doing there is they're just thinking of one video at a time instead of thinking of, okay, how am I going to get somebody from uh, you know one video to another video in a playlist? Or how am I gonna keep people coming back to my YouTube channel based on the very specific videos that I'm publishing and how they would relate to each other as it, as it is important to the viewer. Um, and, and you wanna start thinking of your content in sets instead of thinking of your videos as one-off videos. So thinking of it like, okay, this video here, this is why it's important to look at that you know, 90 day view to where you're like, okay, if I'm publishing this video, and this video is for this, you know, particular purpose, then in that case, I'm publishing this video for this reason. But, you know, I also want to make sure that some of the people that were watching this video are coming back to watch some of these other videos I'm going to be publishing over the 90 days as well. And I'm going to intentionally come up with the topics while I'm, you know, working on this video or, you know, when I come up with the idea for this video, I'm going to intentionally start thinking of what other videos that I can make that would bring those particular viewers back based on what it is that they care about or why they would click on that particular video. Um, in addition to that, Let's see here. Um, only targeting YouTube search um, is another, you know, piece of you know really bad advice. So when it comes to YouTube, um, you get traffic from everywhere. Um, you get traffic from everywhere if you like it or not. So, so you know, some people will get more traffic from other sources than others. And search definitely has its place, and it's a great stable traffic source if you can get your videos to show up in YouTube search. However, it's important that even if you're trying to go after YouTube search, that you start looking at your videos and you start thinking, okay, this is great 
great for YouTube search in terms of how people might respond to this if they're looking for it. But I also need to make sure that again, even if I'm going after YouTube search, I also need to make sure that I'm considering how somebody might respond to this if it shows up on their homepage and they're not expecting to watch it in terms of Typically, when people go after YouTube search, they just go after, you know, a keyword and they, you know, optimize their video around that keyword. And then they'll, you know, just put it up in YouTube search and, you know, or, or hope that it shows up in YouTube search. Whereas, if you're putting the video together, you know, you maybe you, you know, put your keyword in there because that is effective. So you put your keyword in there, but then you also start thinking, okay, so I got my keyword in here and this matches, you know, maybe the search, the, the, the particular search terms that I can make sure that I'm at least getting it on the default setting, which is relevance. And then there you also think, okay, now, since I do have that information in there and YouTube's smart enough to figure out what the video is about anyway, how can I make this also compelling when somebody sees it on a homepage or it shows up next to another video in the suggestions. And then by thinking that way, you're going to force your brain to start coming up with better ways to title your videos. And in some cases, even better topics to go after, which brings me to the next thing. So the next thing is that um, when it comes to the topics that you're going after, a lot of people will come at everything from a really narrow view because they're looking at it like, hey, I'm, I'm serving this particular niche, so I need to make sure I'm coming at it you know, with this very narrow view and I'm making very specific videos on specific things. But you also need to make sure that you're considering how to go as broad as you can possibly go within your niche. So the example that I always give for this during the live streams is, I actually usually do it around like the A10 Mini, but I'll just do it around, um, you know what, I'll still do it around the A10 Mini. So, <clears throat> excuse me, so with the A10 that I have right here, and I'll just switch to this really quick so you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, it's this machine right here that I use to kind of switch all the cameras and stuff. So with that particular device, if I was making a video about this and I had a tech channel or a live streaming channel where I was talking to live streamers, then in that particular case, I have two choices. Well, I mean, I have more choices than this, but I have some choices that I can make when I'm making a video about this to where I can go super narrow or I can go broad to reach a larger group of people and pull them in. So one approach to this would be that, um, you know, the review of an A10 Mini. And if I do a review of an A10 Mini, that's extremely narrow and it can be effective and it can generate a lot of like affiliate revenue because people that are looking for that review, they're gonna find it and you know, in YouTube search or whatever, they're gonna end up finding that and then they'll watch the video and it's a review video and that would serve its purpose. But if you're trying to go for a more broad audience, the likelihood of that getting clicked on randomly on a homepage when a live streamer is just, you know, hopping onto YouTube, looking around at stuff, and it's just a review of an A10 Mini, if they've never heard of it before, that video is completely irrelevant to them. It doesn't mean anything. However, if you frame the entire video around this device changed the way that I live stream or this device um, is revolutionizing live streaming or something like that, then in that particular case, what you do is now if a live streamer were to hop onto YouTube, they don't have to know what the A10 Mini is. They don't have to know who you are. All they know is that they live stream and you happen to have this device that you're showcasing in your video that is making an impact in some way to your live streams. So then what you've just done there is you've taken it from this very narrow review video that would only be valid for a small group of people that know about the A10 Mini and you widened the whole thing up to anybody that live streams, anybody that live streams with multiple cameras, but even a live streamer, even if they don't have multiple cameras, you can even introduce that as part of the video. But the whole thing is you've widened up the potential reach of that video by just how you framed everything around the topic itself. So, you know, because of that, it's important to make sure that you are thinking that even if I am serving a particular niche, 
I also need to be thinking with some of the content, how can I serve a broader amount of people um, within that particular niche based on, you know, the topic or how, you know, the topic itself and how I'm actually framing everything. And then of course, the last thing before we move on to the next question is a lot of people also think, um, you know, because this isn't this isn't bad advice because you do want to niche down, but people are in, in um, interpreting it incorrectly. So everybody talks about niching down on YouTube and everybody knows how important that is because if you make variety content, the likelihood of, you know, you having like a really strong channel, especially if you're starting, um, is going to be relatively, you know, low unless your presentation, your entertainment value is just through the roof. So because of that, what you have to make sure that you are thinking about when it comes to niching down is niching down isn't necessarily a limitation on the content that you're making. Niching down is a is a limitation on the people that you're trying to reach with your content. So because of that, that opens you up to be able to make any type of content that would be a good fit for those particular type of viewers. And the example that I'm going to give to this um, for the example I'm going to give to this for my um, for for my stuff is that, you know, like I target YouTube content creators. And when I target YouTube content creators, you know, the the whole thing there is, you know, I'm trying to help you learn how to grow your YouTube channel and all of that. But within that, I now have a new segment, which would technically be outside of, of my niche because my niche is helping people understand YouTube. Now I'm doing this whole news thing talking about like YouTube features, but it's fine and it's actually being very well received because it's targeting the same audience, it's targeting the same people, right? That's the idea. So, um, so that's a fantastic question. Thank you for, uh, thank you for letting me, um, talk about all of that. Um, okay. Uh, give me one second. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's see. Give me one sec. Right, uh, one sec. Sending here. All right, so uh, let's see here. Let's go to invite, bam, bam. And we've got it right here, boom, boom, okay. So um, let's see here. So really quick, the next question that we have is from um, Rasidas Why Moss TV Super says, "Hey Nick, chat. posting short videos affect my revenue. Um, so um, if you are getting shorts fund money, then it can increase your revenue. Um, if not, then it's not impacting the revenue on the long form videos because those are a totally different thing. So you know, people are viewing your YouTube shorts and people are viewing the long form videos. You're getting um, uh, monetized views on the long form content, regardless if you're uploading." Uh, if you're uploading YouTube shorts or not. So because of that, you are, you, know, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, not like messing up your monetization, so to speak, um, you know, due to uh, uploading YouTube shorts. So uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, Maureen Ryan Blake Media Productions says, hey, Nick, I produce YouTube channels for best-selling authors. Some of my clients' YouTube channels are not showing the custom URL options. Any advice? Also, what is the best way to contact YouTube directly? So the best way to contact YouTube directly is they have a um, forum where you can, um, of course, you know, just go there and you post your questions or problems that you're having or whatever. In some cases, you can get some help there. You can also at Team YouTube. And when you at Team YouTube, they will, um, you know, also 
kind of you know lead you in the right direction. But in terms of your channels not showing the custom URL option, um, they are currently rolling out something called a, a feature called handles, and you will get that soon. They're rolling it out to everybody, and during that rollout, the ability to claim a custom URL is currently um, currently taken down. And really quick. Um, Keys Hot track. Mess History says, hey, Nick, I received my silver play button plaque in the mail this week. It was serious about, um, I was serious about doing a remix of your clapping song. Where can I find it? I can send it to you um, on DM. Like if you want to send me a, um, a, a Twitter DM, I can send it to you there. And again, high five and fist bump to you for, um, you know, for, for getting your, you know, your first YouTube play button. Congratulations to you for that. So. One thing that I mentioned here earlier in the stream is that we were going to have a special guest on. Um, we are getting ready to have our special guest. He is the author, a best-selling author um, of YouTube Secrets is the book. He is the CEO of Think Media. A lot of you are already familiar with who this is. Um, he also has the conference called Grow with Video Live that he holds in Las Vegas um, every year. I would like to um, welcome Sean Cannell. What is going on, my man? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Nick Nimmin, so good to see you. How you doing? And I don't hear anything. And I, I'm not sure if this is on my end or if that's on your end. Give check, me check, one check, second check, here. Check. Uh, not muted. It's on my end. Say something. Good to see you, Nick. How's it going? There we go. What's going on, Sean? Hope you're doing fantastic, man. Nice to uh, have you here in the stream today. Dude, I got a funny story for you. So uh, as, we're, as we're getting going here, so today... Um, my brother and I, you know, we were hanging out, we were eating, you know, some pizza, you know, like we do having some coffee. And he was like, Hey man, uh, you know, Sean's box is awesome. Did you, you know, get his box? And I was like, no, I, I didn't get it. Like what's going on. And, uh, uh, I went to my old place because I was like, you know, he probably sent him at the same time, you know, to where, you know, we'd both get him or whatever. And, um, uh, I went over to my old place where I used to live and the box was there. So I didn't even know it was coming. And then, uh, and then he got it, but I got it you know, got the book right here uh, in my hand. So super excited to, you know, read through the updates, but I literally have had this for just, uh, for, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe four hours now. That's <laughs> so amazing. it was uh, awesome to uh, get that. When did you move? Um, I moved, uh, let's see here, right after the pandemic started. Nice. And that's where, was it also partly because of this new studio that you have and kind of having more options? Yeah, we built a house. Yeah, so well, we didn't build the house. We bought it like during the um, the building process, and um, and basically, you know, like during the pandemic, um, you know, at the time we were, you know, in a condo and we we're having to get in the elevator with people and you know all that stuff. And I was like, you know what, like now's the time. So uh, so we ended up, uh, you know, getting a place so that we could have, you know, just that little bit of you know mental security. And who at that point in time, it was like, you know, who knows how uh, all this stuff is gonna play out. So it was just that, you know, one layer of, you know, just kind of peace of mind and, you know, all of that stuff. I love it. So Sean, what's going on, man? How, like, what's going on with you? How are you, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you so much for having me on. It's good to see you. Hey D, I see ya and Robin and Creepy Pasta. Yeah, uh, I just got up, made some coffee, had my baby in a front pack. I got a six week old and then I got a two year old. So it's a whole new season, you know, trying to run a business, content creator life, plus parent life, new kid life, and uh, a lot of coffee and a lot of gratitude is kind of what I've been on lately. That's good, man. All this stuff. So with that said, you know, I actually had somebody in here earlier and we're going to, you know, hop in here and answer some YouTube questions um, here in just a bit, you know, if you're, if you're okay with that. Um, but 
But one of the questions that somebody asked earlier was like, how do you, how do you manage, you know, all of this stuff? So for me, it's easy, you know, because, you know, like I don't have any, you know, kids or anything like that. So, you know, I've got, you know, a girlfriend and a dog, but, um, but you know, like, how do you manage like for somebody that also has, you know, cause w one thing that I want to say here, cause I'm kind of messing up this question. But one thing I want to say is that, you know, a lot of people would look at like, Hey, I've got a job and then I come home and then I've got my family, you know, and all that stuff. But, you know, one thing to remember, like with Sean is, you know, he's got his YouTube channel. He has a business around that. He's got his conference. He's got a business around that. And he's got, you know, a bunch of other stuff that he does as well. So, you know, he's also an extremely busy person. So for you, Sean, what do you do and how do you manage that? And what would you recommend to other, you know, content creators that are just starting down this journey? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's such a great question because I know everybody watching is dealing with something, whether it's school and trying to create YouTube content, kids and trying to create YouTube content, one or two jobs. Um, I think number one, it's about priorities. I think you have to even sit down. And this is a great time to do it. It's Saturday in Las Vegas where I'm streaming from and on a weekend and maybe reflect over how are you actually spending your time and what does matter most to you? So uh, it's kind of step one, number one, you should do a time audit and actually really get clear on how much time you do or don't have. There are some scenarios where people are really hard on themselves and they are like, I just can't keep up my YouTube channel. And I'm, and I'll talk to them and, I'll, and they'll be like, yeah, you know, I work 80 hours a week cause I have two jobs. And then I have, you know, a, a tw 10 more hours of a commute. And then, and I'm like, well, it's actually maybe not the practical season for you to be putting too much side hustle pressure on yourself because of what's on your schedule. However, um, you also might do a time audit and you're like, man, I just can't find time to create YouTube content. Well, what'd you do yesterday? Well, I, you know, I watched the binge, the whole season of Ander on Disney plus. Um, and then after that, I scrolled on TikTok and Instagram for, you know, two hours. And then I kind of planned a video before I started watching 10 of Nick's videos, which of course we should be watching Nick's videos, but you really should number one, do a time audit. Number two, really decide what your priorities are. And number three, then order those priorities. And then this is what it comes down to. It does come down to the law of sacrifice. There really is no success without sacrifice. I know you know that. Anyone who's built something knows that there are seasons where you have to give something up. So what are you willing to give up? You know, I waited tables early on in the Think Media days at Red Robin, which is a burger place here in America. And, uh, you know, fries, burgers, mud pie, all this different stuff. and I would double shift on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That, that allowed me to get in about 32 to 35 hours a week of work, which gave me four days off to do other things. In those days, I was interning at a church and I was doing video content. So it's whatever you prioritize. What I didn't have was I didn't have a ton of time for leisure at the time. I definitely didn't have a ton of time for, you know, just consuming a lot of content or whatever. And I'll admit that today, now that I built up a team, there's just different seasons. So I think that the law of sacrifice is important to consider. What are you willing to give up for your dreams? What are you willing to give up for a season to get your YouTube channel to 4,000 watch hours? What are you willing to get, you know, to build momentum early on? And uh, I heard Dave Ramsey say it this way. If you'll live like no one else for a little while, eventually you can live like no one else. What are you, what is everybody else unwilling to do that you'd be willing to do for one, two, five years, 10 years so that the whole next decade is different. So those are just some things I've learned. 
Fantastic. Yeah, all that is all that is fantastic. So Sean, um, so I see here um, in the box that I got, um, I see that there are, you know, specific tabs in here in terms of, you know, some updates that have been made to the uh, YouTube Secrets book that you have. And again, this is the YouTube Secrets uh, special uh, second edition. So in or the updated second edition. So in terms of some of these updates and, you know, how this differs from the previous book, um, what are your, you know, wh what's your, you know, big up, you know, what's yeah. the huge, what, what's the difference in this and the other YouTube secrets book that I have, um, you know, right here. One, I can tell you right now, this one's thicker. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely more information in this one than there is uh, this one, but this one was great. So, um, so in terms of, you know, the actual updates themselves, um, you know, what kind of, you know, insights can, uh, can people, you know, expect from from this and by the way for everybody watching i've got a link to um to where you can grab this down in the um down in the description right now as well yeah you know um the new edition is 90 new pages three new chapters one completely rewritten chapter and then updated case data studies intro numbers and data we wanted to make sure the book was current for a new decade the original book came out in 2018 and so um, it definitely needed an overhaul. What's cool is the seven C's of YouTube success. The book's broken into two parts and those are never changing. And unless or until we all just get like sucked into Ready Player One with Elon Musk's Neuralink, those seven C's of YouTube success are probably going to be true. Like, you know, you got to start with courage. You got to punch fear in the face and press record. Get clear on your channel. What's it about? Who's it for? Set up your channel. Start posting content love on your community, serve your community, find out ways to make cash and then find out ways to make be consistent. Like I saw, yeah, not sacrificing your mental health, like having a good pace, having rhythms of recovery as well as systems and batch producing or how are you gonna make content? So the first part of the book, there's a few updates, but that was really the foundations. Where it got, gets interesting is the second part. And we kicked it off with uh, the perfect video recipe. We rewrote the social media chapter, which could be an interesting discu discussion because I think social media is one of the biggest enemies right now of content creators. So that's something. And then, uh, and then New Year's- I would New agree Year's with future. that. And just to walk down that road really fast, yeah. the amount of time, like it's so easy to just blow like two hours and and next thing you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I've just wasted two hours and I literally got like nothing out of, you know, what I just, you know, what I just spent two hours on. So yeah, absolutely, it's the enemy. From your perspective, what is your, what is your framing on the uh, social media being your enemy? Yeah, well, one, I think it's even just for a YouTube creator, someone would say, hey, should I use my social media channels to grow my YouTube channel? And the answer is kind of like, no, why? Because when you send traffic potentially from a tweet or from an Instagram story or something like that, they may just pop in, check out the video, but sometimes the in-app experience, like they Instagram doesn't even let you leave. So are you even really getting the average view duration? And are you even reaching the individual when they're on YouTube in a consumption mode where they're going to be recommended or suggested the video, click on it and actually give you metrics that are gonna support you on YouTube? A lot of times external traffic um, isn't as helpful as people think. And, and they're focusing on the wrong things. They're focusing on going to 10 different platforms, like, and trying to post, you know, a link to their, to their YouTube video. Um, and the reach of even doing that on say your Facebook page is not even good. So it's kind of just a waste of energy where that energy should be poured back into would be into making better videos into maybe a little bit more editing, craft your hook, better, a better thumbnail, better title. The best way to grow a YouTube channel is on YouTube. 
as opposed to getting distracted with social media. That's thing one. The the three big points from the chapter, though, is you got to determine what season are you in. And I'd love for, for full participation in the chat. Are you in the uh, side hustle season, solopreneur season, or are you in the scale season? These are three seasons as content creators will always find ourselves in. If we're in the side hustle season, your time is so limited. Rather than trying to do a million things online, maybe you're crafting one video a month and you should really ignore social media. If you're in the solopreneur season, I still think you should double down. That would mean you go full time, but it's just you. It's full time. You got enough monetization, but you're you're working. You know, I gave up my nine to five to work five to nine. You know, you are hustling <laughs> and you're trying to maybe out hire an editor vid chops, you're trying to do some things, but you're still that solopreneur season. If you're in the scale season, then now you've potentially built a team around you. And so someone might say, Sean, how could you say social media is, is uh, dangerous or, or like not helpful to content creators? You use it so much because right now, personally, and as a team at Think Media, we post 300 pieces of content a week, like native content. I mean, micro crazy. content and stuff, but TikToks, reels we're uploading videos on linkedin face so i'm into it all because it, it can be valuable and what we're really not doing is sending traffic from other platforms to youtube we are adding value related to uh you know creator economy business marketing youtube tips tech on the platform itself all that to say is you really got to discern the season and social media is uh, one of the biggest enemies for the solo for the side hustle season because the power of focus is everything, especially in a noisy world where you do have a lot on your plate, a lot going on. And I don't just mean getting sucked into the content consumption cycle, that's harmful as well. But even just diluting your focus too much on trying to be everywhere when really just putting out great YouTube content, getting your channel growing in momentum and getting some money coming in so you have money for the mission so you can elevate through the seasons of side hustle season, solopreneur, and scale. Fantastic. And you know, one of the things also to, you know, to, to see that reflected, um, what Sean was just talking about in terms of sharing your content out. So if you can, if you want to see if the audience, you know, that you like, let's say, for example, you're sharing your content out to Twitter, in some cases, it can be effective, you know, if you've built that Twitter following, you know, around your content. Um, but a way that you can see this is if you go into your traffic sources report for your video, you click on external um, sources, like Sean was talking about, you'll be able to see like, let's say, for example, Twitter, you'll be able to see the average view duration for people coming in from Twitter, and you can gauge right there, same thing with Facebook, where you can engage and you can say, okay, is this worth it to, you know, send out to these people right now, if they're coming in and they're only watching for, you know, 15 seconds and heading out of there. And then you'll be able to see that reflected in data to where you can make that call on, you know, if that's, you know, if, if, if you've built all of that in the way to where, you know, it's more appropriate to uh, share over there. That's fantastic. Um, in terms of, you know, the um, social media being the uh, enemy uh, itself, um, another thing, you know, I think with that is, you know, when you are on the consumption side that, you know, you can be in, you know, one mood that's way up here and you're like, man, I'm having just a great day. And then, you know, just based on the algorithms, of these platforms, man, like you can just hit one video and it, you know, you're like, oh my God, that's so sad. And it just like brings you down or something that triggers you in some way emotionally to where you have to kind of get your game face back on in order to, you know, keep doing the thing that you're, you know, that you're trying to do. And especially when you're in that time of, you know, like sacrifice and, and you know, where you need that intense focus that can really send you off the rails in terms of not being able to do the things that you, uh, that you need to do. Well, and this is fascinating, Nick. Um, there's, there's a couple cool studies that I'd recommend everyone dive into. Um, Kajabi, the platform did a creator economy study. 
uh, ConvertKit did a creator economy study. There's the Signal Fire one. And then Adobe did one. It's called like the future of creativity. And it, it, it listed some cool facts. One, that since 2020, 165 million people have joined the creator economy, which is wild. And that's not just YouTube, right? Uh, that's all the different platforms and you know modes of content. But here's what's wild is they actually discovered that content creation has a positive impact on mental health, but that content consumption doesn't. So exactly what you said, they have a, this whole data back study that if you are just stuck in the scroll, and I think that it's also one of those things where, okay, imagine you wake up, you lay in bed, you open up your phone, and all you do is consume all day. By the end of the day, you might feel like I didn't produce anything because you didn't. Now, of course, this isn't any you know shame and guilt on the stream, it, but this is some interesting things to consider because then the flip side is if you get up and produce something, I know for this, like, if even if your your bedroom's messy or your closet's messy and something and, and you clean your closet and organize it and you put everything away in your bedroom and you make your bed, you feel better after because you just like did something. You just like, you know, and and so same is true. The powerful thing about Utah, I just did a video on our podcast about five unseen benefits, internal benefits of creating content, which it builds your confidence. It, it gives you uh, it, it's personal development. It's personal growth. Forget the views. We've got to get those. Forget the subscribers. You're building something. You're you're creating more than you consume. And what was wild is it's backed now by data that they said, okay, if you just consume constantly, and I know you and me both, it doesn't mean you stop consuming, especially we're always learning, always studying. Yeah. We also love entertainment content and sit down in front of Disney Plus or YouTube on your smart TV or you know Hulu. Of course, that's all great, but it does, it just puts this big spotlight on, man, we got to be intentional about not getting sucked into so much consumption, which will lead us to a more negative place in mental health, but actually lean into the creation where we build up this momentum of confidence. We've produced something, we've added value to the world, we've put in something out to the world, and the data actually backs that up, that creating content is good for your mental health. That's awesome. And, and also, you know, like you were talking about the momentum as well. Like once you can, you know, once you can start putting one foot in front of the other and you can start doing that, you know, all of the time, it's amazing what can happen in like six months, three months, a year, five years down the road. Like it's just incredible what can happen when you're like, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep, you know, doing the thing and try not to get distracted by it. And another thing, you know, with um with that on the social media side is, you know, it kind of falls down to just the basic concept that's always been around about like just, you know, in terms of creating versus consuming, it's like giving versus taking, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like even falls on that to where it's like, you know, you, you know, give more than you take and, you know, you usually end up in a, you know, pretty good situation, uh, you know, there as well. So yeah, pretty, um, pretty interesting stuff. So, um, so Sean, man, do you want to answer? Well, actually first, before we get into some YouTube questions here, um, the podcast that he's talking about, just in case you're not familiar, um, it's called the Think Media Podcast. Fantastic uh, podcast. They share tons of information on there. Um, Sean and his team do um, about everything related to, you know, growing on YouTube and, you know, some other things related to just other social media channels as well. And also mixing in, in some entrepreneurship, you know, as it relates to YouTube and just online video also. Um, it's called the, the Think Media Podcast. And I recommend that everybody goes and um, checks that out on your favorite, um, you know, podcast platform of, uh, of choice. But on the YouTube question side, you down to answer some YouTube questions? I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, fantastic. And again, just a quick reminder before we get back into the um, questions here, um, Sean just recently updated the YouTube Secrets book um, to where they now have a second edition of that with, with 90 additional pages of information in here that can help you with your YouTube channel. Um, you can just Google for YouTube Secrets um, and you'll you know find it that way. You can hop on Amazon, look for it there. And um, of course, I've got a link to it down in the description as well that takes you directly to you know one of their pages for this. But uh, one question that I do have uh, really quick, Sean, is I know that you have an audio book um, that I that I have for for the older version. Do you have one yet for this? Yeah, and um, so Benji and I went to the studio, re-recorded a brand new audio book because it's a, a brand new book. And, and that's also if you already have it, just delete it or just refresh it. So you you can't, if you already have it, you can't even buy it. Like, so that's also true for the Kindle book. So if anyone is watching, listening, and you already have YouTube Secrets, Kindle or audio, um, just refresh it in your app and the new version updates. Cause it was, we, the way we published it was just right over top the original listing. So we'd keep the momentum of the reviews and everything else. Um, physical book, of course, uh, I can't like, you know, magically, you know, teleport that version. So uh, of course the, the physical version, that's a cool thing though, that if you already have it, yeah, you can just get that for free and update it to the second edition. No, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I'll be doing that after the uh, stream today. Yeah, love the uh, love the first version. Um, so for the um, questions to hop in here first, um, really quick, there's a super chat that um, that super came chat. in from um, Neil over at Urban Van Life says, I used to consume so much YouTube up to 10,000 um, all subscribers, I think that is. Then I put my create head on, consumed more and created more. I aim to end 2022 on 50K now, um, 50,000 subscribers for a channel, but watching Nick is a must. He's the reason um, a lot of us do well. Thank you for the kind words, Neil, man. I super, um, super appreciate that. So um, our, our first question that we have here, um, Sean, is from Monique Joyner Sidelack. Um, I apologize if I'm saying that last name uh, incorrectly here, but they do self-publishing content. So this is within your, you know, like this is definitely, you know, in your zone here because they're, you know, in, taking an entrepreneurial approach to this. Um, the goal of the channel is to help other self-publishers. And the question is, I changed my main channel name to my own name and started a new channel with a different name. Is it a good idea to use my name for both channels, but adding author to the end of my main channel and expat to the new channel? So this is a, this is more of a name question. I thought it was going to be like a, you know, like a, you know, how do I amplify this thing uh, question? But with that, what, what are your thoughts on that really quick? Yeah. I mean, wh what was the content on both channels? Uh, Nick's so was two yeah, different seems channels. Both of them are self publishing content. One of them, they have author at the end. And then the other one, they're wanting to add the expat to the end is what it, what it seems like. I mean, for the discussion and the question, Nick, I'm curious. I, I think that, that running more than one channel if it's tough, number one. So I think that for trying to get one channel off the ground is hard, let alone two, because again, it goes back to your dividing your focus. Um, now, I'm, there's probably some distinctions to the channel, but if they're more or less the same, I again, would want to compound that energy on top of both. I think name-wise, what we always recommend is you just have options and it's not as big a deal as people think. Your option is first and last name. Your option is name and, and promise, like Karen's Kitchen Tips, you know, or like Karen Smith could be number, you know, the name and last name, Karen's kitchen tips could be a name with a niche or kind of a brand or a brand only think media. And so, you know, names, I really believe come to mean something because of the content you create. I saw a question earlier, someone asked, Hey, will my name help me grow my YouTube channel? And inherently, no, it, it won't, it can't, because if you just start a channel and name it really well, but never upload videos, your channel would never grow. 
To that end, though, I think a good point to consider is strategically, what is the long-term vision of your brand? Strategically, what do you want to be remembered for? Or how do you want to make your name sticky and memorable? I will recommend, I know this is big in gaming, that sometimes when someone's name is GX52-88, it's maybe hard to remember. It's hard to, it's hard to, you know, is it is it easy to remember? Is it easy to spell? Is it easy to say? Do people mess up with the pronunciation? You know, recently I started saying, you know, my name is Sean Cannell, rhymes with YouTube channel for a couple reasons, because everyone says Cannell. And so, yeah. and I just accepted that for 400 years because that's how old I am. Uh, but <laughs> and then I started wanting to clarify, but then I also thought that even though it's cheesy, Sean Cannell rhymes with YouTube channel. I mean, I wrote YouTube secrets. It's kind of nice. It's memorable. Like, ah, oh, it's kind of cheesy, but it's sticky. Like, you know, even thinking it's yeah, whatever. So what can you do name wise and branding wise to reverse engineer backwards from uh, what it is you're trying to build and what the purpose of that channel is long term. Those are some strategic thoughts. I do think having off the, off there after it is good because it lets me know what you're all about potentially. Uh, but I don't think it's as big a deal as people think. Yeah, fantastic. And um, really quick, um, Art RV Glass Super Studios is how important are descriptions and thumbnails for shorts? Sean? You know, what's wa weird is um, I would say I don't think they're that important. You know, we, we were testing with thumbnails, trying to keep our thumbnails because because the way shorts look on the homepage of, our you know, everything's all together. My understanding is that in 2023, that's going to be changing. So it's not all murked up as much. And so we still, though, try we, we were like uploading thumbnails so that the visual on the homepage on desktop would would see that thumbnail. But then what we noticed was that still, even when you went to search videos on mobile, the thumbnail doesn't even show up, even if you sought it out. And so then we we're like, there's such a rare instance or case when this would even be seen. And it's not seen in the native shorts consumption uh, or the mobile consumption. So we thought of it as sideways energy. So I'm curious your take on the thumbnail piece, but like, I don't think it's even worth your time. Secondly, descriptions, I think could have a little bit of weight to them. I wouldn't take that much time, um, but I think that there is some metadata it's not going to make or break the video, but it can be helpful to get let YouTube know what the video is about. Um, but what is interesting is we, of course, talk about tech and lighting and cameras. And we um, affiliate marketing is a big way that we monetize, because if we talk about a product and there's a link to the product and someone clicks the link, we get paid uh, a, a small commission. And we use Genius Links now so we can track uh one, it also goes international. It like is one link that will connect to multiple different Amazon stores. Uh, it's much better tracking. It alerts us if the link dies or the product's out of stock. And we can just go back and fix that on the back end to make because sometimes the Amazon listing changes. So there's a lot of cool features to it. But all that to say is we have seen a short drive a lot of affiliate sales, which shocked me. Because the experience to go from watching shorts to even open up the description is pretty janky. And I, I want to say there's not a call to action into it. That's not really best practice because short is like delivered information and end. But yet we do have that data. So um, that's an obscure reference, I would say, compared to, you know, the 25 of the top 50 channels on TubeFilter right now of the top 50 growing channels in a month are shorts channels. The, I don't, that's because of the content. That's because of the short shelf in my, you know, observation, 
but there, it, I wouldn't count it out. And we have that case study to prove that there is value to the shorts description. I'm really curious your take on this, Nick. Yeah, me on the thumbnail side, the um, the the thing with the thumbnail is I do agree that it is, you know, kind of sideways energy in terms of, you know, that may or may not be the best place to spend your energy depending on the time that you have. Um, however, I'm also a big fan of making sure that you do have things kind of buttoned up and making sure that, you know, because we all know that like every viewer, you know, does matter. And, you know, especially, you know, for people that are, you know, trying to do this full time and stuff like that, every person that they can interact with could possibly become a long term viewer, things like that. So um, because of that i feel that making the thumbnails for youtube shorts just gives you that one leg up um to where you might be able to grab somebody's attention in a place where they might not have otherwise you know clicked on that um so it's kind of you know filling that or checking that box so to speak just to make sure that you're not missing out on you know that particular opportunity but that's only seen on it would be a desktop viewer on your channel and maybe a desktop viewer being recommended your short and suggested they see it on the side they're going to see a full thumbnail and you might get that click. Right. Right. It's just and, um, and for a while, they were showing up on Google as well. Um, right mm -hmm. now, um, at least, you know, within the last week, it seems like they're not actually showing up on Google at the moment either. Um, but for a while, they were also showing up on, on Google as well um, in the thumbnails. So, um, you know, just little things like that. So in some cases, that might be advantageous for some creators. In other cases, you know, maybe not so much. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things about buttoning it up for the sake of, you know, just getting that you know, not missing that opportunity for that one, you know, particular viewer. Really quick, Mike Phillips Super says, thanks for always sharing much um, great info. Appreciate you, Nick. Buy some peanut M&Ms, not sponsored. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that, man. So um, um, one thing that I that I want to ask, um, Sean, for you is that, you know, of course, we have our questions that we have here, you know, in front of me as well. But, you know, one thing, you know, we've got a lot of you know new YouTube content creators in here. In fact, um, you know, we've still got a lot of people, you know, just waiting for their handles and people not knowing what the handles are and stuff like that. So that's kind of where we're at in terms of, you know, the people that are interacting. So out of, you know, all of the new content creators that are in here trying to just get moving on their YouTube channel, um, you know, one of the questions, just like you always get, you know, in all of your content is like, you know, how do I, what do I need to focus on? You know, how do I get everything moving on my, on my YouTube channel? What would be your recommendations for somebody that is, you know, just coming in, let's say they've been on YouTube for maybe a month or maybe two months, they've uploaded, you know, a few videos on their YouTube channel, trying to get their expectations in order, trying to figure out how everything works and do the thing. What are your recommendations for a new content creator trying to get everything moving on their channel in terms of what they should focus on most in order to make everything happen for themselves at a faster rate? Yeah, number one, uh, I would say commit to posting videos. If you're watching this and you're still consuming content, maybe you set your channel up, you're playing, you're planning, you're researching, you're preparing, but you actually haven't posted a video, I wanna challenge you to post a video by the end of the day. No excuses, get your video out today, and here's why. You cannot steer a parked car. Mm. You actually really won't start learning and, and creating momentum when you're just in park waiting and planning. Once you start to move, and it'll be messy, it's maybe like taking your drive test for the first time, you're knocking some cones over, it's not a big deal. You gotta start messy, you gotta start before you're ready and you will learn as you go. So I would, I wanna suggest, cause I know a lot of people in our community too, they still haven't even posted that first video. Post that first video. The second tip would be keep it as simple as possible. And this will go from beginner to advanced. I've learned this, complexity is the enemy of execution. And what can happen when you're a gear addict like me and like you, 
And what can happen when you're yeah, I felt you, that one. Like as you said it, I was like, oh, I looked at like all these cameras and all this. I was like, oh man, yeah. And I mean, and and you've grown into this though. But yeah, if yeah, yeah. someone right now tried to sit down and do a live stream setup, even with all your tech, see what people might say. Oh, if I had Nick's setup, um, I, I I'd be doing this. I'd be creating this. No, you wouldn't know how to use it. I wouldn't even know how to use it. If Nick just said, hey, good luck, and he sat me down, it would be a janky stream trying to figure out how his buttons are programmed, what's going on, where's all the things. And so what I can, what I find when you're a gear addict or when you're watching tech channels, even like Think Media, you start wanting to order new gear or you're saying, until I get this, then I'll start. Until I get that, then I'll start. Until I'll, I'll do that. Or what you do is you over order things. I especially know this back in my freelance video days, I was doing shooting wedding videos and, um, uh, I, I wanted to have all the cool production things that these wedding video heroes I would watch were, were doing. At the time, it was glide cams. It wasn't even gimbals. It was like glide cams that you had to balance. It was sliders. It was little mini cranes. And I was like, oh, that's a mini crane. I could throw that in the trunk of my car. But I didn't have a team. So I bought this stuff, hopeful to use it. But then I realized that like once the wedding started going, I wasn't going to balance the glide cam. You know, like it was actually... It was actually a hindrance. I ended up not using it or trying to use it just shut me down. Sometimes for us that are like vloggers and whatnot, we're like, I need to get a drone. Casey's back. He's in New York. I need a drone, a GoPro, the Insta360 he just promoted. And I need, and, and then what ends up happening is you've got all these hard drives of footage and all this different stuff. Stop the madness. Really when you're starting out, and even if you're getting fancier, simplicity is really helpful to just say, I'm going to use my smartphone. I'm maybe going to do no editing, like give yourself constraints. Like I'm maybe going to just plan my video out. I'm going to hit record on my iPhone. I'm going to, I'm going to walk back around. I'm going to deliver the content. And then I'm going to walk back around and turn it off because you want to use the front facing camera because it's better quality. And then on your, you can just go to the video file and just trim the ends in super simple because people I've seen get stuck. They go, I just don't know what editing software to use. I have footage, but I don't know how to edit. Well, then don't edit yet. Start posting videos, keep it simple. Maybe give yourself a limit. Maybe give yourself the constraint of a YouTube short. So that's what I would recommend. You cannot steer a parked car. Start posting videos that you're not even super proud of because your first videos are gonna be your worst videos. And then um, try to give yourself constraints. Creativity does work best in constraints, like a box. Like here's my limitation. It's gonna be less than five minutes. There's gonna be no editing. Um, it's gonna be, I'm gonna answer a specific question. I'm going to be brief, be bright, be fun and be done. I'm just going to press record and post it. And, and I'm and then I'm just going to put it out there into the world. Because again, once you even upload that thing, then you're like, oh, now I'm looking in the back end. How do I title this? How do I do that? But as you continue to watch Nick and subscribe on the channel here, all of those details come in and everybody knows that like YouTube is an endless journey of getting 1% better with every upload. So that's where I feel like beginners get sucked. They get too fancy early on. Perfectionism holds us back. Overthinking holds us back. We, we ordered a bunch of stuff on Black Friday and we don't know how to use it yet. It would be better to just get your fart smartphone, your fart phone, your smartphone. And uh, <laughs> that's a special kind of video. Then then to be like, why is the white violence wrong? And I'm out of focus and I got all this fancy gear, but I don't know how to use it. That stuff can actually hinder you from getting started.
Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so really quick, we have um, Tommy T's Extreme Roller Coaster says, hey guys, you both inspire me. I watch the both of you religiously. My question is about new handles. I think my name says it all. Should I change my name? So his name, I'll just, I'll just put him right up on screen here um, as long as I can find him here on the StreamYard side. But it's Tommy T's Extreme Roller Coasters. Mm. Think you should change that, Sean? I mean, I get what it is. That's a great, great, it's your name and then Extreme Roller Coasters. I imagine you're documenting, uh, probably with a GoPro or something, being on Extreme Roller Coasters. Or you could be kind of a more faceless channel where you narrate over B-roll and uh, OPC, other people's content via fair use. Uh, and if you're not doing that, by the way, that'd be a, a lot cheaper option than buying a plane ticket, traveling to a theme park and having to create every video yourself. You could make uh, a lot of videos um, kind of with that fair use angle. But yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it's cool. It's a little long, but I think it's also very clear. So, yeah. So with that said, I'm glad that I'm glad that you talked about what the channel or what type of channel, you know, it is, um, because if I remember correctly, I think that he actually does roller coaster games. So he can take the insight that you just gave in terms of like how you explained what the channel, you know, how it frames the entire YouTube channel. I'm actually going to go right now just to confirm that really quick. And yeah, that's what he's doing. So, um, so in terms of changing the name and, you know, making it uh, a little bit more clear for that, definitely just some food for thought there in terms of just hearing Sean's explanation on what the, uh, you know, what the channel might be about and what he was getting from the name. But I mean, still, you know, you might still get roller coaster enthusiasts, you know, clicking on it. You might be able to introduce them to the games and whatnot, um, but just something to, uh, just something to consider. Yeah. There. And I'm on there now. It makes total sense. I mean, and yeah. I mean, channel's doing amazing 28,000 subscribers and, uh, and, and, and that would also seem sustainable. You did not have to buy a plane ticket or fly to different roller coasters <laughs> so he's going uh, to even like the best way yeah like hey let me just record a screen yeah it's yeah great. yep 100 so our uh, our next question here is from undone and really quick before we do this question just one more time um i just want to you know remind everybody that um sean has just recently updated his youtube secrets book so you know if you have the old edition if you have the uh audio version it'll automatically update for you um but for the print version. Um, they recently updated this uh, with 90 additional pages and a lot more information, you know, for you that is more current than the other one. So make sure that you check this out. Of course, you can just Google for this or you can click the link down in the description. It'll take you to their um, to their page for this as well. And Chantel Hills just dropped a link in the chat for that um, as well. So our next question here. Hey, man, I just want to keep bringing attention to it, you know, because like the like the information that you that you have in here, like a lot of people will see things like this and they'll think to themselves like, oh, what can this, you know, show me that, you know, that like just watching one of Sean's videos, you know, won't show me. But the thing is, is like when you when you dig into like, you know, a book like this or the audio book, the way that things are explained and the perspectives is a totally different thing than a video experience, because when 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 people are making YouTube videos, even us, right? Even when we're making content, we also have to play play by the same rules in terms of they respond to this, they don't respond to this. So we can't go too deep on this right now in this particular video because then people will lose people around the, you know, typically around this part once we start getting in depth based on the people that are consuming the content, those sorts of things. So we have to make sure that, you know, we keep our videos nice and tidy and quick and give you the information that you need. But when you have, you know, a, a book or, you know, an audio book that you can get into and you can really deep dive into, you know, some of the, um, information, it really makes a big difference on how you're understanding, you know, how things work on the platform and, you know, everything that's involved in all of that. So I really recommend, um, you know, 
that you check this out when you get the chance and either the you know print version or the audio version um just so that you can get you know just just so you can educate yourself more like one thing i'm a fan of sean and i know you are as well is like you know when it comes to learning how to do the thing you know you gotta you know you gotta arm yourself so to speak you know with the with the information tools and resources that you need in order to give yourself the best possible chance of you know actually making the thing happen that you're trying to accomplish so um, yeah i so, appreciate you know, so, that nick you know one thing yeah. i also uh i love different modalities my favorite version is the audiobook and i know you're an audiobook guy i'm also a podcast yeah, guy because you could do chores yeah. or go on a walk um but i've i've learned that when it comes to wanting to master something and i want to master youtube right I've learned that I, I don't want to just study something uh, so that I remember. I want to study so that I never forget. Yeah. Mm. It's like that's I good. almost want there to be muscle memory, you know, yeah, of, of getting it like even if I mean, I love Daryl's book. You know, you read it, you read it again. And there's maybe another nugget you get or you read story brand or some other kind of book or even you watch content. I know there's so much content coming at us. Reading something even twice or listening to something twice is rare. But it, but it's hard to take it all in. So repetition is the is the mother of mastery. I mean, there's something about um, getting it maybe the same thing in a different way. The video ideas that come from from it. Uh, but anyways, appreciate you. Thank you so much for uh, shouting the book out. Yeah, my pleasure, man. And in addition to that, too, there's also, you know, the the moment, like, for example, like if I read something or listen to an audiobook, um, I, you know, I'll usually be hanging out out back. I'm in like total chill mode and I'm like in the mode to like sit there and consume it. But like sometimes I'm watching videos. It's like, hey, I've got 10 minutes. Let me like just watch this video real quick. And I'm not really there. You know, what I mean, I'm just kind of totally. watching it to watch it. But like when I'm, you know, consuming stuff to actually like learn like that, um, you know, I'm usually in a, in a different frame of mind, so to speak. So having those types of things laying around that you can quickly access is, is fantastic. So really quick, um, and undone, we're going to get to your question, but a uh, super chat came in here real quick. So we're going to, we're going to answer that one here really fast, but says, Hey, all big fans, automotive content maker would love to start to get more into the vlog lifestyle content as well as just car content. So people can get to know me and my family. Wait until I get a larger following or go for it. Sean. Yeah, I think if you can hold off on um here's what i'd recommend and i've got some just hard one experience you know the co-author of the book uh benji travis uh him and his wife the biggest focus now you know video influencers has been on hold or maybe we've put a, a pin on that project haven't uploaded there in like a year but uh he's he's all in they've been vlogging him and his wife they've been family vlogging lifestyle content to your question um, for over 10 years now, it's pretty wild. And so even the reinvention and how people have grown with them, it's a pretty significant career for vloggers. Um, all that to say is that a lot of times when you see someone doing more vlog and lifestyle content, uh, you know, someone sees Peter McKinnon, they're like, I just want to do what Peter McKinnon does. They forget how these individuals started. And the way that Judy Travis, the wife of the co-author of YouTube Secrets, Benji Travis started was with helpful answering a question content and it was a beauty channel it was hair tutorials makeup tutorials the way that peter mckinnon started was 45 second uh you know photography hacks or like you know 90 seconds of photography hacks and these videos went viral he produced these videos he did a lot of editing tutorials he did a lot of like utility based really viewer first type of content we got to have an interview with gary vaynerchuk and he said the biggest mistake people are making on youtube that's not helping them grow is they're making selfish content i want to say that again and i'm not calling you selfish but this is actually something i really want you to hear are you making selfish content or are you making service content 
What does that mean? Are you making content? And this is the way he said it. Look at what I'm doing. Look at my family. Look at my lifestyle. Look at what I'm doing. And I'm not saying that's selfish. I'm just saying that it, 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 it could be entertaining. It could create interest. But his point was, you want to travel the world paid for by brands and, and get them to uh, film your life doing it. What value does that give to the end user? And what I've learned, this is why we go so heavy in education on thick media. I mean, predominantly, you follow us long enough, you realize we we help real estate agents and DIY channels and artists and people that are teaching like how to draw. Even people who are teaching, you know, uh, seven things beginners need to know when playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like going the angle of answering specific questions, teaching specific skills, reviewing specific products is so service-based and viewer-based. It's really, I think, the best way to get known. So to your question, I just would hold off on it. Judy got like 500,000 subscribers before a portion of her audience was like, what, what are you and your boyfriend at the time? What are you and your fiance? Tell us more about you guys. I see him in the background. Oh, you guys are pregnant? And that created a different interest. And they were able to shift into vlog and lifestyle content. Can you start that way? Sure. Do a lot of people struggle, though, that I think try to start that way? I think they do. And I think that there's a, such a practical, my approach would be exactly what you're saying. I would think I would go heavy. If, if it's automotive content, how to replace the cool air intake DIY thing for the Honda Civic, you know, these rims versus that rims, this chip versus that. There's, there's, you have such a massive niche to grow such a big following around specific questions. And then, and then I think you could even weave in the vlog lifestyle content to that end. Uh, Omar just released a video. He was at Vid Summit. I think Nick, you were there too, right? And, and with Nolan, yep. and he was talking about someone came up and, and he was like, going to teach how to buy gym equipment how to buy used gym equipment. And he goes, so, hey, should I start my video out by showing what I eat for breakfast? And then I go on a run and then I do all this other stuff. And, and I think you could do that, but understand that in editing, you could do that in 10 seconds. Like you could do that in 18 seconds, like rise and grind, show some things, boom. You're like, all right, today, this is what we're doing. But if you think that you're gonna, you know, what some people do is they hold the audience hostage. They're like, hey, guy, you know, they don't really edit that down. They're not cutting to the chase fast enough. It's more about the vlog lifestyle content as a co as opposed to the promise of the title in the video. So what I would recommend is absolutely you can weave it. I think you have better how-to content if there's a little bit of lifestyle, a little bit of interest. A vlog style of it can make it more interesting than a talking head, but just go heavier on answering the viewer's question, heavier on building a relationship with the person discovering you in search and suggested that doesn't even know you yet. And then, yes, as you said, when you get a larger, a larger following, maybe the, the interest in your life overall has grown. And I'm recommending 100,000 subscribers until you maybe make a pivot more. That gives you a target that you might start shifting once you kind of put the blinders on. Set the vision, lock the vision, and throw away the key. Hit that target. Bury it under say, a play button. <laughs> yeah, get that play button and then say, how am I going to pivot from here? And this is the whole key, because if you're if you're making selfish content, you're not listening to the comments and to what people are giving you feedback on. If people are demanding, you're you're editing your mornings too short. If somebody comments and they're like, I see your breakfast and all that stuff, but like, I need to see more. Give us tell us about those eggs. That. And then there's 200 <laughs> thumbs up on that comment and people are like, we are so desperate. 
for like, because that's the power of actually starting with service content, but then listening and, and co-working with people that are giving you feedback in the comments in your community, and then letting them shape the content according to your vision as well. Really, that is, I think, your opportunity to know when to go for it is when the demand is there. And that's what happened to Judy. Benji's wife was at, on her beauty channel, the demand. They actually started to ask, we want to see this. That's a really good signal when you've got some momentum to go more vlog lifestyle. Great answer, great answer. I hope that um, I hope that uh, got that taken care of for you there, Kevin. So um, the next question that we have here on our list, I'm gonna jump right over here to Undone because I said that we we're gonna make sure we get this one. So they said that they have a, um, the type of channels exploring comic characters beyond comic books. And the goal of the channel is for fun and to get better at making entertaining content as I create videos for a living. And the question is, I'm new to using live stream gaming and repurposing some clips for shorts. What are the major differences between one and StreamYard? I'm not sure what one is. Um, but in terms of like, if you're repurposing content, StreamYard's a great opportunity for that because they actually record your live streams in the background. So depending on your computer, I know you work with StreamYard um, as well, Sean, but like um, they record in the background of your live stream in the cloud, and then you can download those after your stream is complete and then repurpose them in any way that you want to. So in terms of workflow, they make it really easy there. So you don't have to be streaming plus taxing your your computer, you know, with the recording, uh, you know, while that's happening on your machine uh, as And that's well. a brand so new feature. That, say what? Oh, and they have the clipping in there too now where you can start clipping videos out directly. It's amazing. Which is a win. Yeah, perfect record on StreamYard. Yeah. yeah. Sick shop um, says, I missed you in Miami, Sean. Next time, how do you monetize traffic when you start getting traction? Oh, so man, when it comes to monetization, so you start picking up momentum, everything's starting to go in that direction you want. What, what, what do you think people should start doing initially to start monetizing the traffic that they're getting? So one, um, I do think that in a way, holding off on monetization, just what I mean is, we should think of things in terms of sequencing. And so if something happens in seven steps, you don't wanna do step seven um, on step two. It's like building Ikea furniture, which is a horrific experience as many people know, right? You you lay all these pieces on the ground. There is 22 steps in, in the, the handbook. I go, I can just figure this out on my own, which nobody can in Ikea furniture. You get to the very end of the dresser and then you're like, why do I still have this piece? And you're like, oh shoot, this is like the back piece that is dynamically connected. That was step three and I missed it. And so the key is you do wanna know all the steps. And this is why we suggest people make what we'd call a YouTube money plan. And essentially it's a YouTube business plan. Uh, I, I wanna challenge people on, on a Saturday or whenever you're watching this, if you haven't actually sought, sat down and thought through about your plan, Imagine going to a local bank, which would give you, they can give you a loan for starting a small business. You may not think about your YouTube channel like a small business, but you should. Because if you think about it like a small business, you're like, how am I going to spend time on this? Will I eventually need to hire help for this? Even if I don't today, like, will I, how am I going to make money with this? How often are we going to be posting content? Who's our customers? What is our marketing plan? What is our sales plan? And if you, if I ask you those five questions right now and you go, I have no clue. Well, it's a good opportunity to actually get a better plan. And so all that to say is I think you should have a business plan because imagine now sitting across from a banker and saying, hey, I'm starting a YouTube channel, which you may think this sounds crazy. I actually 
I, I, I'm waiting for the day when a bank gives an individual a loan for a creator business. Because these are real, it's the fastest growing small business type. You're like, here's my plan. I'm going to uh, redo my basement. I'm going to build a studio. This is the gear I need. This is why, this is what it's going to be used for. So like, you really think through the steps. Now you might go, but I have no money. And all I got is this smartphone and a clip-on lav mic and something. That's fine because you're only on step one, but you've more thought through the future steps. So when I say holding off on monetization, of course, number one, you go, okay, what's your plan to get to 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 watch hours, 10,000 shorts views? What's your plan to do that? Like, how are you thinking through that? Of course, that would be a path to YouTube monetization. My, it was a long answer to recommending uh, uh, affiliate marketing, which we love. And you can start affiliate marketing immediately. However, you're typically, you're not gonna, it's not gonna work immediately because you need traffic. And if you sign up for Amazon anywhere in the world, typically you have to have enough qualified sales within 45 or 90 days. Therefore, you still need a plan. And that plan for me is usually that your videos are getting around 200 to $300 a video. And as soon as you get a pro, approved for the program, um, they that you post five videos that are very much related to driving affiliate sales, which will probably be product reviews, product comparisons, potentially product tutorials, um, gift ideas, lists, things like that, that would actually drive traffic to get people to click on your affiliate links. That's a plan. And uh, and then of course, there's other ways, even again, people get distracted because they go, okay, is Patreon or channel memberships better? The answer is, having people who care about your content is better. Patreon or channel memberships, like it doesn't really matter. Is buy, you know, buy a, me a coffee or Kofi better. They're all cool. Like, I don't know that you're not going to win because you picked Patreon versus buy me a coffee. You're going to win because of, of doing step one, two, three, four, which would be being consistent, putting out great content, loving on your community, building some momentum. And then some people say, well, should I not monetize from day one? There's a lot of people we say, you should literally monetize from your first video. Real estate agents, if you already have a product or service, if you are a course creator, you're a coach, you're something else. So it really depends on your business model. It depends on your, your, your overall plan. It depends on where you're kind of coming from. But those are some of the things I'd recommend. Figure out what is your next five to 10 moves. There's some, some fun homework for the weekend like, and try to order them up sequencing. They also might be mixed up. You might brainstorm 10, but you're like, I can't do number nine until I do number six. Cause you don't want your Ikea furniture to fall down uh, because you, you actually are like, shoot, I missed the bracing piece. And I have to deconstruct this whole thing. And this stuff's so poorly made that as I take these screws out, the whole thing's going to crumble apart. Anyways, I, I did it in the wrong order. It's not just the right steps. It's doing them in the right order. Love that analogy. That's great. The Ikea. That's great. So uh, one step says, how do you Super tag a video in a YouTube story? All you do is add a sticker. So um, so when you do your story, if you just click on the option to add a sticker, one of the very first options you'll see up there at the top is a video. And then you click that and it'll put that video um, right there directly in the story. And then they can click on it and then go directly in through the uh, through the video that way. So Sean, um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we have another uh, question that came in here from Bunga Logic. Says, what else can I do to get a thousand subs? Got the book, doing shorts daily and posting weekly, and I got Amazon affiliates. Also using the VidIQ app. Keep pushing? Question mark. So 
my thoughts on this is, um, is, you know, if you are already doing all of the things, then yeah, like keep going, right? Try to pay attention to the things that are working, the things that are not working, the things that are converting well for you, the things that are not. And, you know, the, the, the rule of thumb is in most cases, make sure that you're doubling down on the things that are working more for you in terms of, you know, helping you reach your goals and do less of the things that are working, you know, less for you, um, or the things that are not, you know, helping contribute to whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Sean thoughts. Yeah. Uh, what was the channel name? And Nick, I can do one more after this. I'm taking my son and wife to get a haircut. It is all fired, fired up. Yeah, that is all good. That is all good. So, um, yeah, this is, um, Bunga Logic, B-U-N-G-A-L-O-G-I-C. Um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. So there's 580 videos on the channel. Uh, it's a diving channel. It looks like, or a lot of diving. Yeah, definitely a lot of scuba diving. Um, and 580 subscribers, you know, 700, by the way, this, this is a great question because I was able to pull up the data on the back end, just look at it, vidIQ. You grew 700 subscribers, which I don't know how that's possible that you only have 580, but at least that's what it's it's saying. And maybe one video is breaking out. I see you got 414,000 views, which is great. So that's the core. Apparently it's a lot of shorts views is what we're seeing. A lot of people are not clicking subscribe, which is interesting, um, but you're so close. I, I feel like you're one short away that'll break out from, from really having things get interesting. I see so you also have some old videos with 53,000 views, et cetera. What could be interesting if you can do find a way to do this in editing is you're not gonna probably verbally say it, but to pop up a subscribe button on your shorts. If you, you're just saying, how do I get to a thousand fast? If you, and you're saying by November, I love the vision, it's on the channel art. If, if you simply keep doing what you're doing, success leaves clues. So make part twos, you know, double down on, on your winner ideas or topics. But if you were to, and I know Nick is an expert at this, you know, having uh, things pop up on screen. So you don't have to even verbally say something, maybe your name. But in this case, if a little sound effect pops up and subscribe is there, that might, because you're getting 414,000 views in the last month, that would, I think, push you over uh, before November. It's amazing what happens when you actually ask for it or when you just nudge people and remind people. You know, one of the things that I always say, Sean, when it comes to that is, you know, it's even more intense when you're making really good content because people are watching the content. Civilians, they're not thinking about non-content creators. They're thinking about like, hey, this is a great video. They're not thinking about, oh, I gotta make sure I'm subscribing to all these people and things like that. So when you're making really good content and people are enjoying your content, the best thing you can do for your sake and for their sake is just to have a little thing pop up that just says, hey, remember to subscribe. <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah, that's right. I can subscribe to this. So just, you know, that little reminder can go a long way. Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for, you know, coming on here and sharing your knowledge. I super um, appreciate it. Everybody that's hanging out here in the chat today, of course, you can find out more about Sean over at SeanCannell.com. Um, Cannell rhymes with channel, just as a reminder there. Again, I've got links to uh, YouTube secrets down here, and he's got the baby on screen right now. So everybody say hello to Sean's new baby. So new adorable. baby, six weeks old. Nick, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. Uh, my so wife cute. just dropped this off. We're about to put these guys in car seats and head out for his bigger brother's haircut. This is uh, nice. John Steven. I'm like, I'm like thinking about his name. I already mixed him up nice. and uh, barely, barely doing it. But hey, Nick, I appreciate you so much. Massive love to you and your community. And uh, thank you so much for all your kindness and how much you help creators. Likewise, Sean, have a um, have an awesome rest of your day. Enjoy your family time, and I will um, talk to you soon. All right, now's the time to go. All right, all right, take care. <laughs>
All right, that was awesome. So a uh, good special appearance there, right by the by the young one. That was uh, that was fantastic. So um, on that note, um, one thing that I do want to, uh, you know, remind everybody of, you know, that's been hanging out here in the live stream today is, you know, if you're a new content creator and you're just getting going with all this stuff and really, really quick before I say that, you know, just a reminder one more time, his um, a link to this is down in the description. Or you can just, you know, Google YouTube secrets. It'll pop up. But um, one thing I want to remind you of, if you are just getting started, you know, with uh, your YouTube channel and you're getting started with this whole thing is, you know, during this live stream, we talk about all kinds of different things, you know, that impact content creators and all types of problems that content creators are trying to solve and just all kinds of things related to YouTube. And through that, there might be things that during the conversation you thought to yourself, like, I don't even know what that means. You know, like some of the people that are, you know, curious about what the handle is, you know, as an example, you know, if, if anything does come up during these conversations that you don't, um, you know, know what it is yet, just write it down. And then that way, after the stream's over, you can go and, you know, pop it into YouTube search, see what pops up there. You can pop it into Google, see what pops up over there. So you can, you know, better inform yourself on, you know, the platform that you're wanting to succeed on. And um, within that, as you are also hearing all this information, you're hearing, you know, Sean and myself give, you know, advice to people about different things that they should be doing. You might be thinking like, hey, I want to apply all this stuff to my YouTube channel like right now. But, you know, one thing that I do want to remind you of as well is, you know, it's really uh, advantageous to take, you know, uh, like one idea and be like, okay, I'm going to start working on this thing and make sure that I really fully understand how I'm implementing this particular thing, um, or maybe two things. And then, you know, moving on from there and just trying to stack onto that as you progress through this, because, you know, one of the things that Sean mentioned as well is that, you know, the goal is to try to level up 1%, right. With every video that you're publishing. So when you're focusing on, you know, just saying like, I'm going to focus, you know, this week or over the next, you know, video that I'm making at least on this one particular thing and really try to get a handle on this, then, you know, that'll help you be better prepared for, you know, the entire journey that you're having here on YouTube. So I hope everybody enjoyed the stream today. Um, I'm going to be sending you over right here in just a minute. If you want your channel reviewed, if you want somebody to look at your YouTube channel and you want them to give you feedback on things like your thumbnails and titles and those sorts of things, uh, my brother and Daniel Batal are going to be doing a live stream on the StreamYard channel here. And um, it, it's actually starting right now here in just a just a couple of seconds um, where you can go over there and they it's like a whole game show that they put together. It's really entertaining, um, but a lot of really great information comes out about that, about, you know, how to grow your YouTube channel and things that you should be focused on as well. Um, and you also get the opportunity to, you know, have them give you advice on what it is that you're doing. They have like a, a, a spin wheel to where, you know, you just say whatever it is with their hashtag. And then, you know, they randomly pick people, you know, out of the um, chat. So anybody has the opportunity to get their channel pulled up. So I recommend that you, you know, go hang out over there. You're going to learn a ton. And as soon as I end this broadcast right now, it's going to send you directly over to theirs. So thank you so much, everybody for watching. Thank you for hanging out here. I hope that you learned something today. And um, if you have any questions about any of the stuff that I talk about, just, you know, just at, at me on Twitter and we can, you know, have that conversation publicly and um, everybody have an awesome rest of your weekend. And I'll see you next week at 9 a.m. Eastern. Have a, um, have a great weekend. I'll see you next time.